Welcome to episode 175 of Crit Apocalypse. As always, my name is Matt. You're Ant. Ant, how you doing? You were on the ball there, weren't you? you were I was. I was yeah, ready for that. Yeah, you ready for I me to hit the button? Fucking ready for that. Yeah, you weren't. You weren't expecting me to hit the button straight away. No, I was. I mm. knew you were going to do it. No, bet you aren't ready for me to stop it right now and delete it. I mean, I'm not, but you can do it if you want. I no, can't be asked. It's your prerogative, Ant. Um, Ant, we got some news. So we're going to start with news, and then we'll go to reviews. News, then reviews. Okay, you got that? You got that? Because we're, we're the news. Oh, we're we're going to do some game news and then some movie news. All right. If that's okay? Yeah, so... so yeah, okay. Yeah, so, Persona 4, Persona 4 Ultimax is coming to Switch and PlayStation and PC. Persona 4 Ultimax? Yeah. The fighting game? Yeah. <laughs> Before Persona 4 comes to the PlayStation 4 or the Switch, we're getting Persona 4 Ultimax. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Yeah, fine. All right. Um, oh, so... <laughs> Also, West Side Story is bombing because it's got a sex offender in the. Or uh, a sex no, I think it's more likely bombing because no one gives a shit about West Side Story no one really in twenty twenty one. Give a shit about West Side Story. Someone made the equivalent. They said that uh, Ben Hur has been made four times. Yeah, there was two new versions of Ben Hur in the last ten years. Wasn't yeah, and there? I was going to say Ben Hur was made successfully twice, mm. and then two flops. Do yeah, you remember they had a Ben Hur video game for the Xbox 360? Was we that? did the oh, chariot yeah, yeah. race. Yeah. It was free. You yeah. know why it was free? Because no one gives a shit about Ben Hur. Because <laughs> no one gives a fuck about Ben Hur. All right, Old man. people with money give a shit about Ben Hur. But um, kids today don't. Not really. Not all really. Yeah. No. No. But yeah. Um, and uh, Kids and today like their, their Kevin Spacey. They do. They love and their Kevin Spacey. Christiello. Yeah. Christiello. Yeah. You mean Tignataro? Christopher Plummer. <laughs> I still love that fucking video where it's like, hey, you know you can save Snapchats. Like, what? Yeah, you can just screenshot them. You just, like, take a screenshot of your phone. What? Game Awards happened. And a game that neither of us have played because we can't spend any time in the same room except for doing this podcast. It Takes Two One Best Game. Have you played that game? No. Did you play No Way Out? No. No, me neither. No. I don't really understand making games that you can only play when there's someone else in the room. We can play it online. Yeah, but you, you need to still have someone else willing to put in the time to yeah, finish the like, 10, 12-hour campaign. Can't be asked. That's for, why? No. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. You should be able to play it single player, right? No, because the game's designed around two players. No, but you could make it so it works in single player. No. Yes, you could. Nah, not like that. Too much going on in those games. It's too complicated. Yeah. Um, and also people continue to resign from, uh, is it Ubisoft? Is it Ubisoft that people are resigning from on Mass? I don't know. Or is it EA? I'm getting these two mixed no, up. No, Activision's got strikes going on. I think Activision and Blizzard have strikes going on because yeah. they're not very good to people. No, whatever. Yeah, mm. that's constant, that's... That's just that's not really news. News has to be new, and it's well. I mean, that's the, just a, that's just the status quo at Activision. Oh, okay, and has been for quite some time. Okay, breaking news: Tom, 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 Tom. What's his face? Tom Holland was on Hot Ones. Um, really? Yeah. yeah. Today. Oh, Hot One. Uh, the Hot Ones. Is that, is that news? Is it the show, the show about hotter wings and hotter questions? I don't know, Anne. I'm not my fucking A game tonight, right? I'm tired. I don't feel great. How are you doing? I didn't ask at the beginning of the episode. I'm sorry. Is that why you're in a mood? How are you doing? 
you know, we're we're back in back in fucking Johnson's world of calamity. There was a pre-recorded message at eight o'clock today that told everyone to get their fucking boosters. Oh. You getting your booster done? Yeah, at some point I probably will. Yeah, Good. when I can make Good. book it, I guess. I don't know. I've got, I've got, I've got a shot on Friday. Gonna get, gonna get the old Friday. I think it's my second one. Your um, second? Yeah, I had my first one ages ago, and then I had that camera up my dick, and all the other stuff happened, so I couldn't have so it. So didn't you have to start again? I think so. Yeah, but I mean, technically, I've had two. No. I'll just get the boot. The booster will count as my second, right? I get one. Wait a few weeks and get the second. Be fine. Um, neither of us have had COVID yet. No. I keep doing the tests, making sure I'm not bringing it into the house because I like to lick. I mean, I'll die. So lick badly. Would you? Yeah, I'm pretty unhealthy. You reckon you died? I if ate you got four COVID? custard donuts earlier. I'm pretty unhealthy. You ate four custard donuts. Yeah, I thought there was five in there. There that, was only four. That might be a sign you're uber healthy. To be honest, really, your body shouldn't be able to process that. Well, You're not Brundlefly. You find out later if I can process it or not. Like <laughs> you be doing like those Play-Doh crazy shapes, like you do star patterns into the toilet. Yeah, like that. You remember the I've got uh, a little head thing, no, little face. Do you remember it just the makes the hair? Yeah. Do you remember the meme? The meme from um, Gravity Falls, where it's the the gnome that gets kicked in the nards, and he's doing the <laughs> and it's all rainbows coming out. Mm. You do that, but out your ass. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll be blood. So it'll just be. <laughs> I shit blood, which is why I had to take such a long break between my COVID shots. <laughs> I shat and peed blood, guys. And if that happens to you, go to a doctor. Not like consider going to a doctor and then go to a doctor a couple of months later, because I was lucky. <laughs> go to a doctor as soon as anything like that happens. I pissed a lot of blood, Anne. Yeah, it never, never happened to me. Never happened to you? No. Well, the way to do it, right, yeah. if you want it to happen... Is you run 50 kilometers in a single session. And then your body, you have a hematuria, which is where you push your body to the point where something tears mm. or there's some sort of, uh, it can be a, a polyp or a cyst bursts within your urethra. And then you piss blood. Or you can have sex for over an hour, right? Mm. Including, and for the children, turn away now. Including some anal sex. Mm. Not in your bum. Obviously, that's not going to make your penis bleed. But And then you can also pee blood. Any really, really excessive physical activity can make you piss blood. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah was that's probably go- why I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> you ate four donuts. That's pretty incredible. Would you cast that as an excessive activity? <laughs> Did you masturbate whilst eating them? No, because... Oh, now it's not got to double up on your activities. you got to multitask. <laughs> Sometimes I eat my dinner whilst taking a shit out with the old in with the new. That's a joke from Dumber Dumber 2 when Harry met Lloyd. He goes, my daddy's eats his lunch on the shitter. He always says out with the old in with the new. Is this the only time anyone's ever going to mention that film? I'm losing my mind. Anyway, if anyone wants to have a hematuria, massive overexertion of your body. That's what you need to do. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll get right on that. Yeah. You can piss blood. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to yeah, shit yeah. blood, a whole different story. If you want to shit blood, then you eat too much fibre and you can tear your asshole. Or if you're like... Being pegged for an hour. Being pegged for an hour. Then you might piss blood too. Because, you know, if you're getting pegged, you're probably jacking it. Like, what else are you going to do at the front? Mm. Like Read the newspaper. <laughs> 
<laughs> do you think gay people ever get bored and pull up the Kindle? Yeah. Like, once they get bummed, <laughs> pull up the Kindle. Because you can't really face each other, can you? You can. No. Yeah, you just get your legs up. Freaking, just get know, your legs just, up. Yeah, you're just not watching enough gay porn, if you that's just... <laughs> Use your imagination. Cirque do so gay. You've only got the point. The target in the right direction is. <laughs> is that a spaff joke? What? Target in the right direction. No. Butthole's the target. Bullseye. Who's with you in first this week? That's amazing. It's me. We're going to review anything. I'm sorry. <coughs> I wasn't expecting that bullseye punchline that fucking blew me away. <laughs> yeah, so... Alright. Uh, well, I guess I guess might as well bring the mood down. I'm going to review... My first review is uh, Battlefield 2042. The uh, Xbox Series S. I oh, yeah. <coughs> it's crap. Oh, good. It's not very good at all. Um, I don't know why. It doesn't feel good to play. Um, and also, a lot of like the um, a lot of the gameplay stuff. So I played a lot of Battlefield Five. I think we played it together a couple of times. The World War was it World War One? About what? Battlefield Five was it World War One or World War Two? World War Two. Battlefield One's the World yeah, War that's it. One. So we played we played Battlefield World Five one. together a couple of times, didn't we? And uh, yeah. I played that a lot online. Um, and that game feels, despite it being a bit of a weird game, it I, like I really like the feel of it. Like the guns and stuff feel great and feel heavy. And it's no bad company. It's no bad company, but it, like it's a good multiplayer game. And like when you die, you don't get frustrated because the game has just sort of fucked you. It's just because the game has sort of just you've lost the game essentially. It, whereas in Battlefield twenty forty two, like it feels weird. Like the spawn points could be camped straight away. The vehicles are nigh on indestructible if you're a person. Like all of the anti-vehicle spawn points are camp, camp. That's very woke. That's very woke of them. Camped, so people can camp near the spawns. Um, And like the vehicles feel like like spawning. The vehicles feel like you can't defeat them if you're just like a foot trooper. So as soon as someone gets in a vehicle, they're massively matchy. They go. (laughs) I did sniper someone through a window of like a like a weird boat. Thing, used to like piss people off on bad company by taking their tanks out with a drill. Yeah, like stuff like that. I, I want to be able to do stuff. And also, you have to, you have to select the grenade like a separate weapon. You can't just press the button to throw it. No, it feels weird. Mm. Um, but all in all, like also like the imp- like the shots and stuff like that, it feels like everything's just a little bit off. I reckon it'll be good if they like patch it and they add shit in and all the other stuff they normally Isn't do. Isn't it like a whole big buggy mess though, apparently? Yeah, there's lots of like rubber banding. Right. I saw people saying stuff like they didn't put collision on a bunch of the buildings so you can just fly straight through them. Yeah, some of them they, that happens. Other ones like there's collision in like midair and stuff. Like some of the vehicles will just explode. Like there's a particular street where you've got a helicopter. If you, I saw someone flying down and then for some reason as they were flying down it just exploded. Nothing shot it. And it looks like, from their view, they just sort of bounced into a wall. Mm. But nothing happened like that uh, for anyone else's view. Um, and, and the game modes that they've added just don't add anything. Like, there's nothing interesting in there. Um, if you want to have, like, a big team deathmatch... Because the whole thing is that you've got 128 players on a, oh, a map now, right? As soon as you do that, though, 
people know how to like find the cracks in like where someone will spawn and where they can spawn to just basically start funneling people down, taking them down really easily. Like there's one particular level that's like this big, massive, like frozen expanse, and there's like an oil site, and then there's like a there's like a fisher coming down like this massive iceberg. Fish, fish, and you can you can you basically spawn at the top of the crack and then you come down. But you can get up to the top of the side things if you parachute in. So certain people fly up in vehicles and then parachute in up there. And then they just put like a, a one of the sniper spawn points so they can respawn there. And you just literally just pick people off as they try to like just get in the game. And it's just really fucking disappointing. Yeah, you got to, you got to get in the game. you got to get, 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 get in the game. You know, I'm not saying it's a coincidence, but um, after Battlefield Bad Company... Who was, a QA? Of... Who was a QA on that I game know, again? I don't know. I just, I, but... it names on... But was it, um, was it wild? all the Battlefield games since then have had shaky launches. I think they're just trying since to that one. I think they are just. And trying I'm not to push saying is you know certain problem, but I mean QA got moved to another country, and you know they started trying to cut costs, cut cut costs on the games and stuff. Yeah, you know, not saying it's quinky dink, but um, the last game that British QA worked on on Battlefield was Bad Company Two. Yeah, and that's probably the height of the series. Very well received. Yeah. But yeah, so... Uh, Do you remember Hardline? Yeah, I liked Hardline. Yeah, I didn't. Did you not? No. Nah, I actually really did. A Battlefield was... game should have just been anything else, but they just called it Battlefield. Could have been something else, couldn't it? Well, Propaganda. It was, that was the one made by um, Vicarious Visions, wasn't it? Yeah, and then they got... No, Vicarious Visions. Visceral. Visceral, there you yeah, go. And they got sorry. shut down. Yeah, they got shut down I after... I worked on a Visceral game. Which one? Mercenaries 2. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Is that why that game was so bad? Mercenaries 2 was fine. No, Mercenaries 1 was good. Mm. Mercenaries 2 was a mess. You're a mess. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, all in all, Battlefield 2042, I, I don't recommend it. I, don't, I think people should avoid it until it's, like, patched up properly and working. It just doesn't feel like a game right now. It feels like a fucking chore to play. Yeah, but they had to release it now, so um, they can do with Call of Duty, which is also apparently bad this year. Yeah, that seemed like a record low in sales, isn't it? <laughs> Well, there's no single player in that either, is there? Oh, yeah, no, there is a single player in that. There's no single player in Battlefield. Yeah, well, it shouldn't be in Battlefield, really. Well, Unless like, they're going to make Bad Company free. I don't mind a little story. Like, have like even if it's just a three-hour campaign. I'll just have a story that's completely unrelated to war. Yeah, have like a three-hour campaign where I get to go and pay, press F for my respects. No, no just have um, just a, a nice platform game with cartoony characters. Hey, do you think people have forgotten that, that EA hired Kevin Spacey? Is it EA that do Call of Duty? No. Who is it? Activision do Activision. Activision. Is it, Can't just blame EA for everything. People forget that Activision hired Kevin Spacey, a known <laughs> sex offender, and they're wondering why their movies... I mean, their video what games... What kind of video game will help you forget that Activision <laughs> paid millions of dollars <laughs> to known sex offender no. and abuser It's not a Kevin video Spacey. game. It is not a video game. The answer's a cookie. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Press F for cookie. <laughs> Did it all for the cookie. What have you forgotten? <laughs> You've forgotten your pants. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I don't know where else. Anyway, yeah, Battlefield 2042. It's just crap. It's not very such good. A, such, a good, such a great actor. I want such it to get better. I just want it to get better. Like, if it gets better, I'm going to play it some more. But for now, it's just... I'm not going to even bother with it. Like, what's the fucking point? Like, I'd rather play... Pokemon. Put my time into fucking like a Pokemon game or something like this, because at least a Pokemon game just works. Like it does the basics for a video game, whereas this can't even do that. Like, yeah, you've got to have more players now because you're competing with Fortnite now. But it doesn't work. 
Yeah, like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't what's the point? Big, big number. Do you remember Frostbite. Mag? What? Do you remember Mag? Yeah. On the PS4. That was all like, how much? 200 and some odd players in a game? But yeah. really, it was like a bunch of 32 player things. And yeah, you had 256. To, you had to walk say. between sections to go to the other yeah. part of the battlefield. Yeah, I remember that game. That was um, not great. Yeah, Battlefield, battlefield 2042. Like, I, I'm sure there are people out there that are enjoying this, but I just couldn't, I couldn't get on with it. I'm going <clears> to give it a David Spade. I might review it in like the future once it's had like a patch or six, but. Then they put like a whole bunch of old battlefield maps behind like a paywall. Paywall thing. It was, like, no, it's like a pre-order or, thing. Or no, it's in the um the thing where you can make your own stages and make your own rules and oh, stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Has it got Harvest Day in there? I don't know. Wake Island's gotta be in there, surely. I didn't spend enough time. I know it had the um I think it was the subway level from Battlefield One. It's really funny. I didn't spend like any time in the creator the creation or like the map playlist stuff. What are you doing reviewing it when you haven't fully explored all no, the no, 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 things? No, no, no. No, 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 no. So I got frustrated with this after like 15 hours. Oh. And then I was like, you know what I'm going to do instead? I went back to playing Battlefield 5. Oh. And you know what? Battlefield 5, still working, baby. Full playlists and like everyone's in there. The teams are full. It's great. It's oh. good to go back. And also, one button for a grenade. I don't want to have to switch through weapons to put, throw a fucking grenade. You know, no. on the Uncharted games, that always bothered me on those. Yeah. You had to switch weapons to throw a grenade. Why? It would just be a tap. Should just be a button. Yeah. Should always just be a button. Yeah. Should always be ready for a grenade. The potentially most dangerous weapon a single person can operate. Other than a nuke. Other than other than the pen. Ah, because the pen is mightier than the butt plug. And your review? I don't know where I was going with that. I mean, you're obsessed with butt plugs. I'm obsessed with anal now. Since you're bullseye joke, I'm just trying to like... Oh, we're just gonna give up on it. We're just gonna give up on it. We're gonna give up on life. Talk about um, the <coughs> latest Takara Tomy toy. Yeah, go for it. I don't know what that is. Um, this is Transformers Takara Tomy masterpiece MP fifty four reboost. Why does that Hitler toy turn into a fully, fully functioning Auschwitz? That's not what this one does. Wait, wait, wait! Click that panel over. I know it looks like it. But <laughs> He transforms into a Honda City R. Just look it up. You'll see it. When you look at it, you'll be like, oh, yeah. What angle do I have to see it for the Honda to come um, out? The part, you see where the, the whole car is on the front. Is That's, that is, whole that is an iron gate leading to a death camp. He's got... Why are you making Hitler jokes? <laughs> what is wrong with you? He's got an engine. He's got a little engine. Why is that engine screaming? Because it's very hot. <laughs> anyway, I got a masterpiece toy, brand did, new. Did, yeah. This only came out in Japan at the end of November, and I got it at the start of December. Oh. Yeah, I got it very quickly. That checks. That checks. I'm very special. It's a little. I've never bought a masterpiece figure brand new since um, the first one. I mean, technically, my masterpiece Jazz is a new one, but it was, you know, heavily discounted, been out for like a year by the time I got it. And the, the Rodimus, Hot Rod, the Hot Rodimus, as he's called, that one. Hot Rodimus! That was second hand. But um, that sweet Hot Rodimus action. This is brand new. I brought this one because it was £1 cheaper than Skids, and it came with three chromed weapons. Skids has two chromed weapons and one blue one. And it also has a little scooter with a little man who I'm terrified to touch because he's like made of clear plastic and he's tiny. Yeah. He's very articulated. He's like a centimetre and a half tall or some shit. And he's got knees, hips, he's got an ab crunch, a waist swivel, 
His head turns, his arm, his arms move about like it's terrifying. I'm going to break that thing or inhale it, one of the two. But this is a really nice little figure. It's cheap on the masterpiece scale. Like normally they're about a hundred and some quid. Some of these figures, but this was seventy. So it's a bit cheaper, and he hasn't got the whole like super cartoon accurate look they've been going for in recent years. Where like the car, they've been going for this look with the figures where there's no like. You know, little panel details and stuff? Mm. The little bits that look like greebly bits of metal and robot bits? Oh, yes, the greebly metal. Greebly bits. Like on the inside of his leg, there's like all these little little panels that are meant to look like nondescript bits of machinery yeah. and stuff. Like recently, in recent years, they haven't done any of that. They've been going for the cartoon look where it's all clean lines and flat colours and all this sort of stuff. So this is quite quite nice. They've done one that's a bit more like the older figures where they've got detailing. And he's, re- he's a really good figure. Transforms nice and simply. Not too tricky. The arms are confusing as hell. They really the arms the way the arms fold in like I can never get it right. I sort of have to sort of mentally whack my head around from where they end up and go backwards from there to figure out how they get back inside his car. Um, and you have to get them right because otherwise the thing doesn't shut. <laughs> but um, it's really clever. Like he's got joints hidden in his thighs to make sure everything all compacts up nicely. His legs do this whole like. This whole really clever thing where they sort of zigzag in on themselves and like close themselves up. Like it's really clever. Like it shortens his height by like half when it does that. That's really, that's clever shit. Like really nice engineering on this thing. And you know, that hip joint just makes him look like he's broke his legs. You could do the Yamcha thing where he's, he's been really fucked up. Yamcha? You know when someone falls off a building in a film? Yeah. There's always that one leg that's twisted. You could do that. But no, this is a really nice figure. I kind of kind of want the other one now. I kind of want Skids. Because um, I'd quite like to have Skids and Reboost. Because Skids is the blue one. He's the one that's actually in the cartoon. This guy isn't. Although he looks kind of like an Optimus Prime, this guy. But yeah, lovely, lovely figure. No hollow parts. Like, no bits that just, you know, look like they're going to break. The, the roof... Is all a bit sort of sketchy when you're trying to put it together, but it all folds up nicely and it doesn't look too bad. I mean, it looks... I mean, he's got a bit of a car on the back of him. Like, I like that. I like it when a Transformer looks like what they transform into. Well, yeah, because that makes more sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't like the ones where, like, you can, you get a lot in the Japanese designs, in the newer cartoons from the 2000s and stuff, mm. where their robot modes don't look like they turn into anything. It's You know, they just got bits of car hanging off them, which isn't the same. I want... I want a car boob. I want bits of car hanging off him, like for doors and stuff. You know, if at all possible, another bit of car on the legs. That's a good place to put a bit of car. Yeah. You know, it's good stuff. The feet are quite clever as well. They all like fold up and like switch down in half in size and then disappear into the back. It's quite clever. But it's, it's nice. I like this. It's a good proper transformer. I want some more masterpiece figures, please. I want that star screen. You got 180 quid. Yeah. Yeah, I want the star screen. Okay, you can pay it back to me. No, no, not not at all. Not in the not in the slightest. Yeah, I don't not a chance. Do not think I'm no. gonna. Maybe when they do um a sky warp, I'll get a sky warp. That'd be quite nice. What, but yeah. with my money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's really really nice masterpiece figure. The box it's a really is lovely. Nice looking, it is a really nice looking figure. If I was yeah, ever interested in Transformers, I'd like a Transformer like that. It comes with a little scooter. <laughs> Yeah, I scooter, saw that. I saw that. The scooter folds up and goes inside his boot, and there's still room to store the guns in there. Is there? There's so a, There's no room for the little clear perspex person. No, he can sit in the front. 
Oh, right. There's not really an interior, but there is space that you can fit him inside, so you can look in the window and see him sitting there. I get you. He's, he's supposed to be his hollow matter decoy. Oh, right. Apparently, sense, apparently he can transfer his mind into the scooter and then travel around with his little hologram buddy sitting on there. So everyone goes, oh, that's just a human. Or something. I mean, he's not meant to be transparent. He's meant to, you know, it's just to let you know he's made of hollow light. It's just a thing. It's just a look. Um, it's not Sheila Booth, which is good. I got Sheila Booth with the last masterpiece I got, didn't I? When am I going to get one with Mark Wahlberg? That's what I want. Or that guy who's got his, like, little card that says he's allowed to date school kids. What? Remember that from Transformers? Oh, yeah, yeah, the thing that doesn't exist in real life. Yeah. The thing we're watching the Mr. Sunday movies thing about, where it's, uh, yeah. It's in a Transformers movie. I know, I know. And Mason, I want to talk to you about a scene, and then it, and it goes like, okay, James, but is this the one scene that I have some nights inexplicably woken up in a cold sweat wondering, why did they put this, <laughs> that in this movie? And why are they in so specific about Transformers it? Transformers movie. Why is it a Transformers movie? And not in one of Kevin Bacon's films where he plays a paedophile. Oh, The Huntsman. The no, woodsman. no, The Woodsman, yeah. Yeah, that's not the only one. No, it's not. <laughs> Stir of Echoes? No, it's not that one. Do you ever watch The Killing? Was it The Killing that he starred in? Yeah, that's got Joel Kinnaman. Isn't okay, it Joel Kinnaman? which is the one that had him in... Very for a serial killer. I don't know. R.I.P.D. No, there was one where... where um, where he'd been stabbed Tremors. in the heart and it fucked up his heart, so he yeah. like he had to take medicine as if he had like um. Well, that was sort of a stab wound to the heart. Yeah. Well, no, they repaired his heart and like he had like he had like a fucked up heart, so he was taking like glycerin pills to make sure his heart rate didn't fuck up and kill him yeah. because he was so prone to a heart attack. And then like he did it all whilst uh, fighting James Purfoy, Purfoy, oh. who was the serial killer. Um, he was going to be Wolverine once. He was, and he turned down the role for Mission Impossible Two. No, that's Dougray Scott. Oh, that's, which one's James Perfrey? James Perfrey was Solomon Kane in the movie Solomon Kane. Do you not remember the movie Solomon Kane? No, he fights a Balrog. No, oh. <laughs> it's like leftover VFX from like uh, Lord of the Rings. Is it? Yeah, like he goes, I'll fucking kill you. He's English. Yeah, I didn't watch that. No. Oh, okay. No. Right. Check it out. It's actually pretty decent. No. It's like one of those early 2000s, Hellboy got made, so maybe we'll get a series out of this. And it was too po-faced. It, it did terrible. have Peter Postlethwaite in it, though. Oh, everything had Peter Postlethwaite For like a little while well before he yeah. died, yeah. And Bill Nighy's and everything. I'm surprised he hasn't been brought back in CGI form, to be honest. To be a janitor in a building. Or be like a BFG. Yeah, be a he BFG. a bit yeah. like a BFG. Wasn't he in Clash of the Titans? Not the original one. No, the, the 2000s remake. one, yeah. Possibly. I think he was the fisherman on the boat. Maybe. Maybe and he was then the owl. Was, and then it was Will Smith in Aladdin. Will Smith wasn't in Clash of the Titans. No, he was in Aladdin. He was on the boat. Remember, like, they're telling the story and he's like, and then I banged this lady that turned out to be your mum. And the kids are like, Daddy! And he's like, I used to be a genie. I know immortality. And now I'm going to die. What are you on about now? Aladdin. Disney's remake with Will Smith. No. Well, anyway... So I'm going to review Dear Evan Hansen again. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, I bought something on Black Friday, Anne. And I bought something on Black Friday and you said to me, I'm a fucking idiot for buying it. You said, Matt, how dare you spend money on this and not Transformers to feed my ever-growing Twitter handle about some fucking hat. Matt, why did you buy this? And I said, Ant, I've, I've wanted a Stadia since day one. I wanted it, Ant. And so I bought myself... A Google Stadia no. to go with my brand new Google Pixel Six. I'm Googled. Don't you? Why, why you don't need a Google Pixel? What? Don't need a Google Pixel to a play Stadia. Google Pixel Six though. This mm. is the phone Google made. 
for Stadia. Is it? No, it's actually not great on here. <laughs> this is a Don't phone. Don't just plug it into a TV. This is a phone made by Google. Well, no, Stadia. And 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 listen, listen, Bubba, listen to me. Google Stadia isn't the device itself. Oh. Google Stadia is an idea. It's an experience. It's yeah. a frame of mind. Yeah. So, so I bought Google Stadia, and, and in the box you get the controller, and you get the you get the little Chromecast Ultra, the 4K Chromecast Ultra, mm. which is really interesting because the plug that it plugs into the wall with has an Ethernet for delivery delivering internet into the device because the device is tiny. Because Wi-Fi is unsuitable for streaming. Stuff. Well, no, no, no. Like if you because this thing can do 4K. So it can, can do four K four K sixty with the right with the right internet. It can do speed. all four Ks. Can do all four Ks. It can do like it does Dolby five. In America, they only get three Ks. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's because they're fucking dicks. It's, it's thanks racist. Trump or Obama or whoever's in charge now. Um, so yeah, so um, so yeah, so I bought a Stadia. I bought a fucking Stadia because Black Friday they were twenty quid. I just got my Google Pixel six, and I was like, let's do this. Let's rock the fucking house. And I'll tell you what, right? For something that I bought just because I wanted a throwaway bit of like fun tech that I could play with. You want to play Destiny? It's a real good Destiny machine, is it? It's really fucking. So, else is a good Destiny machine? Is it your Xbox? My Series S. Yeah, I can't play Destiny on an Xbox Series S. It's not optimized, isn't it? And I'd be playing a subpar version of Destiny Two. Oh, would you? I can't play on my PS Five. PS5's not made for Destiny 2, Anne. Oh, you're getting the PC graphics, are you? With your I, I can't play on a PC, Anne. My PC doesn't have the power to run Destiny 2. My PC does. Do you know what does have the power to run, a, run Destiny 2? What is it? Guess, Anne. It's the thing that I mentioned at the beginning of this review. My Pixel is a Stadia. Oh. So, I mean, Stadia's not really running it, though. That's like, the magic. Yeah. Stadia's not a place. It's a it's a feeling. Is it a frame of mind? It's a frame of mind. Mm. So for twenty quid, it's kind of a it's a kind of an awesome deal. Yeah, but it wasn't twenty quid when it came out. No, and that's one that's one thing I'm going to get to. But it you know for twenty pounds, this is a really nice package, and I've shown you the box and stuff. And the controller is a really nice controller. Like overall, can you use it on your Xbox? Yeah, oh. you can use it. So so we're going to get to you that. Can use it to play. Destiny. <coughs> we can get to that in a second. So anyway, so so I bought Stadia, got the controller, I got the Chromecast, I plugged it in on my on my work monitor in the kitchen. I had a play, and I played Destiny for I played it for like an hour, an hour and a bit, and it was solid. 60 FPS, like I had one very brief stuttery moment. There was like a weird part where I was loading into another area. We saw a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the Destiny joke. Destiny joke. Yeah, because you went clapping, clapping, clapping quietly. So yeah, so yeah, there's one stuttering area, and I think that's because it was basically as I went into the area, suddenly other players were popping up. So I think, and this is just a theory of mine, quite a few people on Hot UK deals also bought Stadia's, plugged it into their TV, and went, "Oh, at least I can play Destiny 2. What else can you play on it? So that's the thing. There are other games you can play on there. There, so, aren't, there aren't any other. No other games. There are other games you can play on oh. there. There are other games. So, so this is kind of a bargain when you think about it in comparison. So, the way that I the way that I always thought of Stadia was like it was kind of a joke. It was like Google's failing, you know, gaming thing. And at one point, at one point, there was like a big thing where it was like 
the best place to play Cyberpunk is Stadia because oddly enough it ran really well on the on the Chromecast. And you could get a free Chromecast. I mean, it ran really well on their servers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So basically, what people found was that it couldn't run on the Xbox One X, it couldn't run on the PS4 Pro, not properly anyway. And But if you had a Google Stadia, if you bought it through Google Stadia, you got a free Google Stadia pack for buying Cyberpunk. So you essentially had a Cyberpunk machine. And I find that really fucking fascinating, that this kind of thing... It's a really good idea, and the product is a lot better than I expected it to be. I was expecting it to be a fucking mess, Ant. I wasn't expecting it to work at all. No, no one ever said that Stadia was a mess. They just, you know, there's just no point to it. Yeah, the <laughs> games are way too expensive on the Stadia market. Uh, because they're like, it's yeah. it's like PlayStation 5 and, and Xbox Series console like prices, but without the resellability. Yeah, and they can just shut it down at any yeah. time. And they can literally use which lose Google, are, you know, do. To do. Do you remember Google? Um, what's the uh, what's the what's the social network they did? Oh, that was on for ages, though. Yeah, that's gone. Yeah, but that was literally for ages. That was years and yeah, years. Yeah, but do you remember you had to have an account with it to use YouTube for a while? No. Yeah, yeah. So you, you all, everyone's accounts were linked to it, weren't they? Because they tried to make it so it would show your real names and stuff like that on YouTube I didn't for a while. That. That's weird. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so so Stadia, the controller. So I tried it. First, I had to go with the Chromecast into the TV. And I thought, I've got an Android phone. So I got my old Pixel 6. Even smaller screen. I got my old Pixel 6, Ant. And I got the little the little stand for my Stadia controller. Yeah. And I and I set it up and I had a go. And Ant, it ran very, very well. Oh. So that's test number two, Dan. So I was like, what am I going to try next? I've got an idea. I'm going to get my Google tablet and I plugged the controller into my Google tablet and something funny happened Dan um, was it an unrelated joke on a comedy show no oh it didn't bring up the Stadia app oh. can you guess what app it brought up once the controller was plugged into my tablet uh, Xbox Live Xbox Game Pass streaming oh now the Xbox recognised the Google Stadia controller immediately yeah and let me play Halo Infinite via streaming using the Stadia controller. Okay. And that leads me to the second part of my review. Oh, okay. It's a part review. It is, it is, it is. And I, yeah. I've got something to get to. So this Stadia controller is fucking phenomenal for playing Xbox Halo Infinite over your tablet thing. What about Hexic? I don't know. Uh, uh, but is Hexic streaming on the cloud? Probably, I imagine so. I, I don't know, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't checked, I'll have a check at some point. One of the most popular games... <laughs> So I played like five or six games on Halo Infinite's multiplayer with absolutely no fucking issue using that stupid Stadia controller that I bought kind of as a joke just to tinker around with. Oh. And I've got to say, like, this controller, if they can if they can make it so it works over Bluetooth, because this is the fucked up thing about that stupid fucking controller, it doesn't work over Bluetooth. Oh. It only works when wired to a device that isn't a Stadia. Because it uses a Wi-Fi connection to connect to the Stadia. That's a bit silly. It's ridiculous. It I makes sense. Bluetooth. It makes sense when you think about how it's reporting moves and stuff to the to the servers. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense if you want to have that controller have more functionality outside of Stadia. Because they've kind of got one of the best streaming devices, like in terms of the controller, in terms of the setup. Available to everyone. If you could make it so that, like the Stadia app, the Game Pass app booted up on this thing, and you sold this 
so that people could stream from their Game Pass and so shit. So what you say is Google should just not bother with Stadia and just give everyone Game Pass. Integrate Game Pass! Microsoft will do it. They don't give a fuck. They'd love it. Wouldn't I'm, they? I'm pretty sure Game Pass is designed for Chromecast stuff now, isn't it? No. So I can stream it to my phone. Yeah, but the f- problem is if you want to do it using the Chromecast, you have to stream it from your phone to the Chromecast oh. and then use the controller hooked up to the Chromecast. So it's a bit of a fucking nightmare. But yeah, like this is really interesting to me now. Because before when we tried to do game streaming, it was fine when we were playing like a 2D game. But if we were playing anything that had 3D graphics, it'd be a fucking nightmare. So I think that this is this might actually be us seeing that future tech. Like it genuinely. I, mean, I don't think it was to do with the um, graphics being 3D. I think it was more just the servers, internet connection going yeah. funny. Because that's the thing with streaming games. You know, you're reliant on the internet servers being all right. Yeah. Anyway, I transformed him into a car. That's a very cool car, right? Little Honda City. <laughs> but yeah, Google Stadia is kind of a miracle thing. It's like a really interesting thing. I think if it was originally pitched as like a £20 device, these would have sold incredibly. Like, people would be buying Stadias instead of the, like, the next-gen consoles. What if um, you can only play the games for five to ten minute times in a vertical screen? Oh, well, like Quibi, but yeah. with video games. Yeah. Quibi. No one's ever tried doing that. No one has ever tried doing that, Ant. Yeah, maybe Jeffrey, Jeffrey Katzenberg should get on it. What, get on the Quibi for video games? Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea, and That's essentially an yeah. arcade, isn't it? Anyway, I'm going to give Stadia a really surprised Helen Mirren. Not because the total package like is exactly what I want, but just because what I've done with it, what I've enjoyed from it. And also, like, Destiny 2's on there. There's, like, some weird, like, Roblox-style make-your-own-game stuff that people are actively using that seems to be linked to a PC game that other people are playing. And they have, like, mini versions of Prop Hunt and stuff like that in there. And that's actually quite fun. It's a bit, like I said, like Roblox, you know, like where you just make games. Is Roblox on it? No. Why not? Not allowed Roblox. Uh, Bomberman Bomberman Online's on there. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty cool. It's on everything else. You can play play the Hitman Hitman 1, you know, like the trial level on Hitman 1, and that works great. Although I think it's like the updated version that Hitman 3, like the Hitman 3 version, because it looks a lot nicer than the original Hitman games. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I didn't play the Hitman games. I've got one of them. And then also, PUBG's coming to it free to play in January. Yeah, that's a bit late, isn't it? But like, if PUBG's on there, Fortnite's going to be on there soon enough. You no, know. Fortnite won't be on there anytime soon. Oh, because the Epic Game Store. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a point. That's a shame. They might be strike a they're deal. They're still there. having their freaking court. Oh, they're still something. in court. Yeah, probably not them. Yeah. But like, uh, I can see this. I can see this really working. I think that it's just Google have been so fucking slow to roll out stuff for this. If they started like pushing to get more shit, so that they could do the free yeah, to play stuff, Amazon are launching their streaming thing now. Aren't they? Yeah, but apparently Luna. it's already tanked. Yeah, it was, it was the sponsor of the Game Awards. It was, was one, it? Of the, one of the sponsors. Was it the Game Awards? It was something. They kept showing adverts for Luna. Luna is it called? The thing, yeah, the thing that works by the Fire Stick. Can I get one free? Yeah, Amazon you... Prime will send me one free. Do you I think? think so. Like that was how people got it. They got test kits. They didn't pay for it. Yeah, I want free stuff. I'll just sell. I it think you had to apply away. though. How much will they give me in CEX for it? What? I think they only give £4 for Stadia controllers right now, but technically I paid less than that because the Chromecast... It depends if it's the stage or the Chromecast. We give give more money for the Chromecast. Yeah, the Chromecast is worth quite a bit, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. It's like 40 or 40 quid. 
Anyway, um, yeah, I am giving it a surprise Helen Mirren. I really enjoyed playing with it. Like, Why is Helen Mirren so surprised? No, no, no I'm surprised that Stadia is going to... Mm. I'm giving Stadia a Helen Mirren because I, I didn't expect... I thought it was going to be fucking useless. I genuinely thought, like, I would try and play it a couple of times, get frustrated, and then it would sit in a box and never be used. But the fact that it works so well, and also the fact that Chromecast, like, I've never really dabbled in the Chromecast stuff just because it's a streaming device that relies heavily on you having your phone. So it seemed kind of pointless to plug something into a TV to watch stuff on your phone on a TV. When so much stuff now is linked to YouTube and Netflix and Amazon, like, it doesn't really make sense, does it? I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know how that stuff works. Just... But the fact that you can plug Click this in. Click on the website and watch stuff. Yeah. The fact you can plug this in, play, say, Destiny 2, which isn't like, it's not the newest game, but there's a lot going on in it, and like, the action flows really well. I just see this being like kind of an awesome prospect. And also, it's the cheapest of the monthly services like that offers free games. I think it's like... On nine... live. Pardon? What about on live? You remember on live? Yeah, I was in the beta for on live. Really? Yeah. Did you manage shit. to play anything? Is that a shite? No. I played Batman. Yeah, I played Batman, and then I played Unreal Tournament. Yeah. Batman worked. Yeah, it really didn't with Unreal Tournament. Did Too not. much input latency. Couldn't do it. I can't deal with that. Because today, you don't... You friggin' you, you and your input latency... That you all just accept. This has Wi-Fi. There's no input latency. You're inputting into the servers. And then the server's delivering the data back to you. There's late, that's input latency. That's, there's never there's input latency. There's only so fast the data. There's literally what the are you talking speed about? of light is... Yeah, the speed bottleneck. of light. There's a and bottleneck on it. Do you travel faster than the speed of light? Maybe. Uh, particles might. Yeah, possibly. I mean, it might... You know, I could be in multiple places at once. No, you fucking can't. You can. Do it now. You're only perceiving me to be here. <laughs> do I? Do I have to explain quantum? No, mechanics? I don't care. I don't care. And you don't care. That's the worst thing. Is you don't care either. No. Clean the fingerprints off your switch. Fuck's sake. That's no. Don't you can't just clean it off with your fingers. Clean my fingers. I'm using my my lovely jumper. Lovely whirly jumper. Hey, Ant, should I buy a Chromebook just so that I can stream Stadia onto a Chromebook? What? Should I buy a Chromebook? So Don't I you have, like, a ton of tablets? No, I've got a tablet. Yeah, you can stream it to that. But I could get a 15-inch Chromebook. Oh. And then I could stream it to a 15-inch Chromebook. Oh, you could stream it to a TV. I, oh. You know, you could just oh, put it on the a devil, TV. The devil you talk, sir. And then you could cut out the middleman and just plug your console into a TV. The devil you talk, sir. Bite thy tongue, lest God hear this forsaken language. And your review. No, right, okay. Um, Doctor Who. Should we do Doctor Who? I Doctor didn't. Who, Doctor Who Flux. She's way too attractive for me. Yeah. Um, Doctor Who Flux was a six-part series they did. Doctor what? Doctor Who Flux. What Flux? Who's he Flucky? Flux, as in <laughs> like um, the stuff you use when you solder and you like put the cable. You know, you got that stuff that you brush yep. off the... And also plumbers use plumbing. Plumbers flux. It's yeah. a bad thing. Don't use plumbers flux. If anyone's mm. talking... If anyone's out there who's thinking about being a plumber, don't use plumbers flux. Anyway. Instead, just get the right washers. Make sure you've got the right bearing. And then when you... If you're, if the thread of your nut doesn't match the fitting, get a new nut. Don't try and force it and then use plumbers flux to try and fill the gap. The amount of times I've had to sort this out... On, on this podcast, the amount of times I've had to address mm. this controversy... Mm. Because if you send those hoses back to my old job 
They find plumbers floats yeah, on there. And we don't want no hoses coming back. We don't want no hoses coming back. We find plumbers flux on there. We don't give you a refund. They ain't got those hoses coming back and they ain't got my money. If they're spent hose, I ain't giving you nothing. And yeah. your review. So in Doctor Who flux. Yes. So they they made a big thing. It's like the last full series for Jodie Whittaker's Doctor. Because apparently Doctor Who's can't stick around for more than three years now. Um, you just got to cut them out the window straight away as soon as you can. Um, and it carries on some plot threads that were set up in the New Year's Day special. That seems weird. I don't like that. It's New Year's Day. It should be Christmas Day for Doctor Who specials. Mm. There's another one this year and it's on New Year's Day. Don't like it. But anyway, so the storyline's going that there's some sort of big cataclysmic thing ripping its way through the universe, destroying planets. Although it seems like not to be as... I mean, it's a big deal. They keep going that the universe is being destroyed, but you just see like the odd moon getting destroyed here and there and it... It's unclear whether this thing is like surrounding the entire universe and closing in on it, or just randomly going about destroying stuff. It's not the they haven't done the best job explaining this thing. Um, but here, the problem with this is is that that's going on, but there's like some ancient villains who apparently the Doctor locked away sometime in the past <gasps> because we found out spoilers for the last year's New Year's Day special. The thirteen regenerations of the Doctor aren't the only lives the Doctor's ever had. <gasps> you I find out at some point. Thirteen times. Yeah, but there's the plot twist that happened in the New Year's Day thing. It turns out the Doctor is some sort of creature that was some sort of life form that was found, like in some planet place thing, okay. and can't die. Can just keep regenerated, and for a lot of its of their life, they were like experimented on and killed over and over again to regenerate and all this sort of stuff. And they live thousands, possibly thousands of lives, and there was all this stuff with like. You know, at some point in the past, their memories have been erased. And they were told, oh, you're just a regular Time Lord. Because Time Lords basically use DNA stuff from the Timeless Child, as they mm-hmm. called it, to give themselves regenerative life so they could live even longer. Yeah. But in Time Lords, it only lasted 12 times. So they told the Doctor, hey, you're a Time Lord. And the Doctor would regenerate 12 times. That's what they thought. This sounds like something that nerds would be very reasonable to hear. Yeah, nerds were weird about it, even though it's been... Hinted at a bunch of times in Doctor Who. Well, yeah, because John Hurt and uh, Paul what? McGann. No, do- do- John Hurt's like the um, ninth Doctor. Is he? Yeah. Paul McGann. What number was Paul Eighth. McGann? So there's only been there's been like fourteen, hasn't there? What? How many Doctor Who's have there been? Um, like thirteen now. There's been more than that. Yeah, Doctor Jodie Whittaker's the thirteenth. No, there's there's been more than that. Like that. Well, they John John Hurt's like the War Doctor. Mm-hmm. That's the thing they. They use that as a plot device for generations. But anyway, so the Doctor's older than says that there's these villains that apparently she'd put away in some sort of status lock prison thing centuries ago. Which she didn't remember. She didn't remember, no, and they're like they're after her. They can they touch people and they make them disintegrate. <gasps> no scary. And no They got control wait. over time and stuff. Yeah. Um and then there's just a lot of stuff going on. There's like they this thing's also introducing John Bishop as a new character but you don't really get much of a feel you get his character you get who he is but it doesn't really feel like he's essential to the plot is he an interesting character though he's just some liverpudlian guy who's like you know pretty normal and stuff in it he knows stuff and we just lost half our audience with this impression (laughs) but um there's a dog looks after him okay he's an alien dog oh so everything's an alien now yeah um but the thing, this flux thing's going on, and you could have had a series where it's based around all the weird villains, and they're they're trying to take advantage of the flux event or something. Mm. 
But then there's also like Santarans, and then the Santarans having wars in different time periods, and they try to take over the world by having wars at different times in history and all this, so they can't lose or some shit. Um, and then there's like this guy called the Serpent, and there's this whole thing with a town where everyone disappears and the weeping angels apart. And it's all just like a whole ton of stuff where I think they decided at the start of the series they were going to have certain Doctor Who villains in the next series, and then yeah. they decided to try and tie it all together into one storyline. Um, and when it, it just doesn't work as well. Like I really like the Jodie Whittaker stuff, unlike a lot of Doctor Who fans. who They keep saying that they don't like the Chris Chibnall Doctor Who, whatever, but... Mm. I seem to remember they complain about every single showrunner of Doctor oh, Who yeah, yeah. all the time. They're getting really excited that Russell T. Davis is back. I guarantee by the time his first series is over, everyone's going to complain about Russell T. Davis. No, but like, he's too gay. Yeah. Fucking, yeah, he's just going to do loads of shows where there's EastEnders cast members, isn't it? Yeah. He loves killing characters. Just killing characters off Why all the time. Why is Doctor Who bumming that person? But, um, no, nah, it's... The flux thing, it looks really good. The, the show has never looked better than what it has done the last couple of years. They've really, like, upped the visual effects and the production quality and all this sort of stuff. They're doing, like, ridiculously good-looking stuff for BBC television. Yeah. Because BBC television, for years, whenever they did special effects, it still looked terrible, no matter how much money they were throwing Never going to reach that, that, z- that height mm. that was primeval. But, like, you go back to, like... Primeval. Um, friggin... The um, David Eccl- Chris- Chris- Christopher Eccleston series of Doctor Who, yeah, and like they're trying their best to make the effects look as good as possible in that show, but it still kind of comes across as that kitschy Doctor Who special effects are terrible thing from years ago. Even though they they even though they are clearly trying their best, yeah, um, bless them. But the new bless shows look concept. legitimately good. Like the effects work and the makeup and the like. The dog guy they had is a really good like costume. Like yeah, to fairies now. Yeah, yeah. Why not? You got to tell me if you. Are. Um, oh, and there's also another companion. There's this girl that it doesn't really get explained for a while, and she's got some. She's pregnant or something. It turns <gasps> out it's, it's she's the doctors. This other new companion's girlfriend. Is it the doctors? And nothing really comes of it. They're just having a baby. So I'm guessing that's coming up later. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that that, those, that couple's kid is the timeless child. They leave it somewhere in the past. and It's not very responsible. The timeless it? child. They're, they're Doctor Who's mum and dad. Oh. That's what I reckon. I'm into it. Plot twist. Um, Sexy kids. But no, it's it's been it's fine, but it's just it's just messy. I don't think there's, there's loads of stuff that was just unnecessary. You could have pulled entire plot lines out of this and it would have made no difference to the story at all. Um, the whole thing was like the Doctor having way too many things to deal with at once. I did like the Victorian guy who's... He, like It's a real thing. They've got these tunnels under um, Liverpool. Yeah. This guy built that he claims could lead to all over the country and stuff. Um, and in this, it was like he was crazy and he kept going through doors and ended up in different time periods because timey-wimey stuff's all out. Mm. That was a neat prospect. Loads of little things that would have made neat single episodes of any other series, but they had to keep... Tying in all this flux stuff. The first few are pretty good. Like the first three episodes did feel like each one was an individual episode. But after that, it just sort of, off that halfway point, it was just like they were juggling all sorts of stuff at once and zipping back and forth between places. And, you know, suddenly you've got this character you've never you followed before that we're following her for most of the episode. And there's like Neil from In Between is, is in it. <gasps> Neil! Um, yeah, you could tell episode, I think it was episode four, was blatantly the one where. Um, Jodie Whittaker was busy for most of the episode. Yeah. They do that all the time with Doctor Who. There's always one episode where the Doctor's barely in it, and I think that was the one they were they were doing a lot more, a lot more cutaways to other stuff going on. 
Um, but no, it's fun stuff. I think Mandeep Gill, who plays um, the what's her face, the companion girl. I can't remember her name. Forgotten now. Just brain, brain freeze. <laughs> but she's she's all right. She's fun in it. You know. It sounds like it's not that bad a series for this. Like it's just a mess. I just think that. I mean, I think I would like Doctor Who to have series long storylines because that's what Doctor Who used to have. It used to be one scenario for the I whole it was series. Just, it used to be edutainment, didn't it? Yeah, but like you'd get the um, Colin Baker and the um, John Pertwee series. A lot of those were like the whole series was one storyline. It'd be thirteen episodes, like Trial of the Doctor and stuff like that. Would be multiple episode story. Yeah, um, they don't really do that nowadays, and that's what they were sort of going for with Flux. But it was just lo- so much of it, like literally so much of it, you could rip out and not get anywhere. It wouldn't make a difference. Like the serpent, especially, he's like some villain guy who's been alive for decades, and he's wormed his way into nest and killing people with snake things inside their body, which I'm pretty sure they've done before. Um, sounds pretty sweet. Though. And he, you could rip him out the entire thing; it would make no difference whatsoever. And then the Centaurans have this plot to drag the Daleks and the Cybermen into the the epicenter of the flux as it destroys the universe. Their intention is that they will trap them outside some shield thing that will protect the Centaurans for a while so they can have the ultimate victory, even if it doesn't last long. You know, they would have right. beaten the Daleks and the Cybermen. But, like, I mean, that's that's like a one-episode story. Like, that's something that shouldn't be right. And that's the if thing. That. You, there's all this stuff with that, but when they actually destroy the flux when they do the thing it just feels like it was some very localised event like it's oh, supposed right. to be a so universe doesn't, wide doesn't feel like it's actually any impact at all it just feels yeah like... they keep going about how the universe is being destroyed but they just suck it up inside some dude there's some dude who's like got an interventional gateway in him he, that's his, what his life form is he can suck people into his body and they Ooh. are trapped inside some interdimensional realm thing so that's where they chuck the flux into yeah. him because he's infinite so that's got to hurt, though. But it just sort of happens in a few seconds and the episode's oh. over. Oh, that's good. It's a danger, yeah. danger averted. Yeah. And there's no talk of whether or not they have to try to restore what's been destroyed. Oh, right. So they don't have to fix anything that's broken by their well, adventure. It's come through our solar system and it gets to Earth and the, the dog race make a shield around Earth. They've got this shielding that can repel it. Yeah. So it's gone through our solar system. So does that mean... Like, and Earth's just carrying on like normal... So did all other planets get destroyed in our solar system? Because if it's a universe-wide thing, then I would have thought so. But if it's incredibly localised, it should have at least taken out the moon for the third time in Doctor Who. Um, it was an egg. Oh! Yeah, in one series, the moon like was Eternals. an egg. In one series, they reviewed that the moon, revealed that the moon was an egg and it had a dragon in it. Spoilers. And then a new moon just like formed. just the Eternals. But, um... Yeah, it's it's just a bit of a messy series. Like it doesn't sound very uh, very good. Yeah, my thing is I like Jodie Whittaker as Doctor. I want her to carry on as a Doctor. Well, yeah, I heard good things about her last series as Doctor Who, and then uh... I don't know who they'll have next. I don't care. We'll find out eventually. I still say it should be that guy from uh, Last Night in Soho. Well, Matt Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm McDowell. I think that'd be fun. Just have him regenerate into a Doctor we've already had before. Yeah, Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't give a Hello, shit. Hello, lovely. I, Sam I, Claflin, actually, would be I, really good. No, I still want friggin'... Um, who's the guy who was in Green Wing? Um, the blonde-haired guy in Green Wing. Him. I can never remember his name. Not Stephen... No, thing. no, I know who you mean. I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember yeah. his name. Him. Yeah. Him, he'd be fun. He would be fun. Or Al Sadar Beckett King. 
Who? You know the guy who's the, the ginger guy? Oh, the guy from the, the interdimensional YouTube. ABK. Yeah. yeah. No, Him. I reckon there are like there are better people that you can get for it. Um, Noel Clark. He's mm. not doing much right now. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Trap him in a TARDIS with some women. And uh, let the sparks Tignotaro. fly. <laughs> Actually, Tignotaro would be a pretty amazing yeah, Tignotaro doctor. Tignotaro would be a good doctor. Why not? Yeah. You can have an American doctor. Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Bill Burr is a doctor. Mm-hmm. Just with his same accent. Ah! The fuck? Dad, what are you doing? <laughs> That's like Bill Burr, right? That's what Bill Burr said. Yeah, Bill Burr talks like that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't badmouth on the podcaster, should we? Because there's always is a he a job. podcaster? He does his own podcast. Of course he does. He's a middle-aged white man. Of course he does his podcast. <laughs> I mean, that's the only reason I'm here. It's part of like community service. Every middle-aged white guy has to have a podcast. Yeah. You know, like, I... Um, Uniquely qualified to talk about shit. I found a podcast the other day that was about... Middle-aged white guys doing no, podcasts? No, it, it was a guy who runs a barbecue store and he reviews new barbecues. Oh, sweet. How many barbecues has he got? How big's his garden? It's, it's just he has them at the shop and he just reviews them. But who has that many? I have no idea, barbecues. man. Like I found out it was a thing not long ago. Butane or propane? He's only got one episode a month. No, are they butane or pro- propane? I think it's butane. 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 Yeah. Butane's a bastard gas. Or is it? To <laughs> King Leo. I won't hear it, Bobby. Um, we gotta get back in the evil, Bobby. <laughs> Otherwise, we're gonna have to get Peggy to do it. <laughs> um. Yeah. God. Like. Yeah. I don't know who would who would you sincerely have as a doctor at this point. Julian Rin Tut. That's the blonde guy from Green Wing. Oh, yeah. Or, or, that other lady from Green Wing and um, Black Book, Tamsin Grieg. Yeah, Tamsin Grieg would be yeah, good. Yeah, she'd be fun. Um, Bill Bailey. Anyone who's just a bit quirky. Oh, Ross Bill. Noble would be a great one. Yeah, but he's he's got, no, he's, I don't like Ross Noble. Do you not? Nah, he's, he's not, he's not, he's too big. Too big? Yeah, everything about him is just a bit too large. What do you mean? He's got a big head. Too yeah. much hair. Yeah. Yeah, he's just a bit tall. Doctor Who? He's a bit tall. Yeah, a bit tall. What if the Doctor the split into two people and it was Adam and Joe? <gasps> and instead of From doing any Doctor Who show? stuff, they just went and made the Adam and Joe show. Joe Buxton would actually be really good. Yeah, Adam Buxton. Adam Buxton, yeah. yeah. I Joe, just combined them into a single person. Joe Cornish would make, probably... Should, why isn't Joe Cornish doing more stuff? Because he's directing, isn't he? Yeah, but he hasn't... He did The Kitty Would Be King and... That wasn't too bad. Yeah, The Kitty Would Be King's good. People hated it, but I did not mind it. Yeah, it's a good film. Um, he was. He wrote Tintin. Did he? Yeah, the Tintin movie. He wrote it. Oh, he also made Attack the Block. Yeah, he's making a sequel to that. John is Boyega's going to be in it. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't really think of anyone, anyone else that you could. Hatsune Miike as Doctor Who, the first virtual <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> Max Headroom. Yeah. Oh, you know who? You know who's not got much going on right now? Graham Linehan. Graham Linehan. Yeah, he's not an actor. You also can't have him in a room with women, no. trans or otherwise, because apparently he's a fucking prick. Yeah, no one he's likes him. He's a transphobe cunt. Oh, no, the GC people fucking love him. All the women that, like, fucking lord over his tweets and say... Um, he doesn't have any tweets. Well, yeah, but all his old tweets and shit. Well, they're gone. They all hold on to him. All they the mums, mumsnet people. Yeah, where he went and he was, like, fucking pretending to be a woman. Oh, God, I hate that fucking prick. Anyway, um, all right, is it my review next? Yeah, probably. Why not? I'm going to review a thing. I saw a movie, Ant. Did you? I did. I saw a new movie. Do you want to know what it's called? It's called Silent Night, and it has one Kara Knightley in it. Kira Knightley. Kira Did you see the Resident Evil film? What? I thought you were going to see the Resident Evil. Oh, shit. I saw the new Resident Evil. 
you for reminding me. <laughs> what's your last? What's your other review? My last review, is something else. Oh, yeah, the biggest game release of the last year, I guess. Oh, yeah. You know, what it, um, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? The Clash, old Charlie, the old Charlie. Clash of Champions. You know what I'm doing? I'm doing the nose signal, like let me. <laughs> what Clash Island? Clash, Clash, Clash Island, Clash, Clash of Champions. Clash of Champions 16. Yeah. No, um, I'm I'm going to review Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Thank you for reminding me, Ant, because I completely plum forgot I saw this movie. No, oh, that's even a good though, sign. Even though I really fucking enjoyed it. No, that's bad. All right, you review so, the Kira Knightley thing instead. Ah, I'll review them both. No. I'll, I'll review them both, but I'll no give them the same score. It'll be a double pack. You should watch one after the other. <laughs> Alright, anyway, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City is a reboot of the Resident Evil cinematic universe that was started by Sony in 2001, or 2002, or 2003. I can't quite remember. That year was a blur. What? Resident Evil movie? Yeah, 2001. The first Resident Evil film. With Mila Jovovich. I feel like it should be the 90s. It wasn't. 2001. Really? Yeah, between 2001 and 2003 was Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil Afterlife, or Apocalypse, sorry. Then it went Afterlife. I saw the first one when I was at school. And then the final chat. No. went Resident Evil, Resident Evil Apocalypse, Resident Evil Afterlife, Resident Evil... No, it was Extinction. Afterlife, and then it was Apocalypse and Extinction. And then... Apocalypse. No, Apocalypse was like, was like third. Oh. Uh. Anyway, never mind. They've rebooted the fucking thing. Out goes Mila. Out goes Paul W.S. Anderson. No, and, 2002. And uh, I it was almost there. I was right in the middle. Um, and this is a new one that is telling the story of Resident Evil 1 and 2 simultaneously, but it ties them together quite well. Okay? Because in the original games, the Arclay Mountains incident happened in Resident Evil 1, and then Resident Evil 2 happened two years later, canonically within that universe, right? So the Raccoon City incident happened two years later. So Raccoon... Uh, Arclay Mountains happened. It was like two weeks later. No, it wasn't. It was like... No! It's 1996 and 98, wasn't it? Resident Evil 2 set in 1997. Is Resident Evil... No, Resident Evil 2 set in 98. Because Resident Evil 3 set at the same time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's 98. I'm sure they're the same time, aren't they? Yeah, they are the same time, but I'm sure it's 98. I don't know. It's all nonsense. When was the one where they were at the plane place? That film. <laughs> oh, the film where they're in the plane place? Yeah, in the... What do you call them? Air, 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 air bus stops. Air bus stops? Yeah. The one where they trip on the aircraft carrier? The planes... The aircraft the carrier. The plane stop. Yeah, the aircraft carrier. And they hit the button on the plane and yeah. it pulls into the... Wait, the what? The plane stop. That's what? The way, and you get on the plane. What? <laughs> goes to the what shops. You, what? What are you doing, man? Hmm? What are you talking about? What's happened? How do planes? How do planes? How the fuck do planes? All right, I'm going to try and do this. I'm going to try and do this. All right, yeah, I'm clicking it out. All right, you're just talking about the movie. I'm going to talk about the movie. So, Resident Evil One got Resident loads of rejects from CW in it. Really? Uh, Robbie Amell. Robbie Amell's not a reject from anything. Damien Dark in it. He's not a reject from anything. He's in everything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'll get if I anyway, the cast. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Let's let's do this. Let's do this. All right. So, Resident Evil One and Two. These are the two stories going together. Right? There's a little bit of a retcon, so I'm going to go through the story and then I'll give you my final judgments. So it starts off telling us about Claire and Claire and Chris, the Redfield uh, siblings, are being raised in an orphanage. Chris very much looks up to William Birkin, the person who is running the orphanage, and also secretly running tests for Raccoon City on children. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Um, there's one particular test patient called Lisa, who you will recognise as Lisa Trevor if ever you've played the remake of Resident Evil 1. 
worm faced lady. She's a oh, villain. The one with the chains. Yeah. So Chris and Claire grow up, and Claire runs away from the orphanage because she eventually finds out what Raccoon City are doing, and she becomes a bit of a nutbag, a bit of a conspiracy theorist. Um, she is returning to Raccoon City in 1998 to visit Chris because she's concerned about what's happening there. She's had some communication with some people, and they're saying, it's bad news, mate. Something's happening. Raccoon City is a crazy umbrella of fucking dog shit. Get over it. Give us a hand, right? So she's like, I'm booking it. She jumps... For some reason, she jumps in a trucker's car and he takes there. You'll probably remember Resident Evil 2, the video game. Trucker gets bit. Oh, that's a thing from the game. Drives into the drives into the thing. Yeah, that happens here. But instead of him being bit, what happens is his dog licks up some of this mess left behind by a woman he hits with his truck, which is what happens in the game. And then the dog mutates and bites the guy. And then he goes, oh, I'm going crazy and blows the thing up. But meanwhile... Chris meets with Claire. They have a chat. Oh, sorry. Later on. Because I'm going to go through how it ties together. I'm not going to spoil anything. Shut up. Right. So Chris and Claire, they meet up. Chris tells Claire, it's nice to see you, but you've got to get the fuck out of here. It's bad news. Go home. And as she's like, oh, I might just go home. She's walking past a a window and she sees a little girl and she's like losing all her hair and stuff. And she starts to find out that maybe Umbrella are testing on the residents of Raccoon City. The only people they don't seem to be testing oh, on... The, the guy who plays um, who plays um, Leon. Yeah. He was um, Beck in Victorious. Who? Beck. You know the handsome boy one? Have you not watched Quentin Reeves' no. video on Beck? No, it's like five hours long, Anne. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> i got stuff going on there. He's the handsome boy in... Oh, he's very handsome in this as well. Anyway, so Claire... Um, Claire, after seeing seeing this little girl and then also seeing her mum in the same sort of condition, gets concerned, and so she tries to leave town. But as she tries to leave town, she finds that everything's blocked off. Now, Chris is at the police station with Wesker and Jill, right? They have reports that Arclay Mountain, something's happened, some hikers have gone missing, and then also there's been reports of violence around the Arclay labor- lab- Laboratory which they're aware of is owned by Umbrella. So they decide to book it over Sounds there. Sounds like a lot of stuff that was in the they game. They decide to book it over there with the with the, the pilot, the name Brad Vickers, Chickenheart. So Brad takes them over there in a helicopter and they go to the Raccoon oh, City. Oh, is he... Oh, that's what I'm thinking, Wesker. Yeah, Wesker's with them. Yeah, Wesker's... Um, that's the guy who was From in, Umbrella um, Academy. Yeah. He's actually really good in this. Yeah. He has like a sort it's of... like Umbrellas. He has a semi-relationship with Jill. He's in it's, an episode of Doctor Who. They, really? Yeah, he's ago. English, so like two thousand five episodes. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. British, so um, but he has a relationship with Jill, so they have like a nice little chemistry, and it's a really, really nice little here and that to and fro from from both. And Chris is Robbie Amell, and Robbie Amell's a pretty charming guy. He's a nice guy. He's always, you know, I'm always happy to see him and stuff. He takes his top off, he's quite handsome, you know. I like that um, time travel one he was in. Which was the time travel the one? one? Was the time leap thing? What was it called? Wait, I can't remember. It's called. It was on Netflix. The one with the machine? Yeah, and they, yeah. Keep, they keep looping around. There's some sort of war that's been going on. They're, they're, him and his girlfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I can't remember cool. I liked him in... Um, he did that, that comedy series where he had like he was taken to the afterlife, but it's like a digital afterlife and you have to pay uh, to live yeah. there. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's really good. That's getting a second series as well. Um, so anyway, so... Um, I should probably remember what it is before it uh, starts. Yeah. Yeah, I'll work it out. Um, so, so the first group are obviously playing. The, that's the original Resident Evil idea. The Arclay Mount is the Arclay facility. Arc, Arclay, Arc, 
Oh, is that the thing with the time loop? Yeah. Yeah, and he has to keep resetting it, doesn't he? It's an arc reactor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they are doing the original Resident Evil, and there's a lot of nods to the game in there. I'm sure you've seen in the trailer, they've got the zombie turning around slowly, you know, the first zombie that you experience. Yeah, so like, you see stuff you know. Well, it's not just stuff you know, because they don't try and recreate it 100%. It is a di- like the zombie hasn't got all the crap face and stuff, because obviously technology has moved on. They make it just like all a gooey, monstery mess. Um, and and uh, they see some of the crows. You get a bit of the crow stuff. Um, and then Resident Evil 2 is happening at the same time. Brandon Lee. Yeah. Um, so Claire's got to the police station because she can't get out of town. So she's trying to get to the police station so she can talk to her brother and see if he's like got a way for them to get out. Uh, she gets there and Leon is on his first day. He's a bit of a bumbling boob in this, so a little bit more affable than he is in the game. Because in the game he is like, I've just come out of the police academy and I'm ready to shoot everyone. In this he's like, he's like, oh, what am I meant to be doing? And he's almost like someone who's applied from the town to just work for the police. He hasn't had any of the training yet. Um, and also, Donald Logue plays Chief Irons from Gotham. Yeah. So Chief Irons in the video games is obviously a villain in Resident Evil 2. He's been basically giving kids to Umbrella to test on and at the same time he's like being paid under the table for other shady shit they're doing like people going missing and stuff Mm. and him turning a blind eye. In this he's playing less of a villainous role. It's hinted at that he might be doing that. Um, There's like a particular box of documents that he like basically makes sure he's got with him at all times. Did he find his kid? His kid went missing. Sherry Birkin. No. Donald Logue's kid in real life? Yeah, went missing. Oh, fuck. I don't know about that. Yeah, that's that's why he disappears from Gotham for half a series. Oh, really? Yeah, so they could could go off and concentrate on that. I know she had like a weird breakdown when he was filming Terriers. That's why they didn't do a second series. I don't know. That's a really good series, actually. If anyone hasn't seen Terriers, it's on uh, Disney Plus now. Um, But anyway, so so yeah, so it, it all ties together because Donald Logue, as Chief Irons, is trying to contact... The team in the Arclay facility in the Arclay Mountains. You're making this sound way too complex. Because they have the helicopter. They have Brad Vickers, and it's obviously like a small mountain town, so they have a helicopter for search and rescue, but they've only got one helicopter and one pilot. It's a quiet little redneck podunk white trash mountain town. It's a little bit bigger than a little quiet podunk mountain town. Um, so all of this is coming together. So you see through all these characters that Raccoon City sort of closed off. They've got to find a way out. Most of the most of the stuff in Raccoon City happens within the police station, like the game. And uh, and um, the like the big villain is uh, is a liquor and like various monsters and stuff. And then at the end we get William Birkin. He doesn't really like the only problem I have with this with this film is that William Birkin is set up to be like in the beginning he's like a father figure to Chris and Claire sort of rejects him because she sees what he's doing to Lisa Trevor and he sees that he's like sort of siphoning off kids to Umbrella and doing these horrible experiments. Yeah, but is the film any good? I'm trying to get there. You've been, you've been trying to get there for 20 minutes. I'm almost there, right? Shush. So you see him be like a villainous you could have just character. Said it's a mixture of the plots from Resident Evil 1 and 2. But I have to tell you how it's mixed. No. Yes, I do. No. Yes, I do. No. So William Birkin in this, like, he goes through his normal thing, but Wesker's the one who shoots him instead of it being hunk like it is in the game and he takes a sample. Oh, that makes a massive difference, yeah. But it, it doesn't, but the problem is that Wesker goes through two of the stages that he goes through in the video game but he goes through them literally in the last like 10 minutes of the film did the bullet dodging thing he does in the um that's Wesker I'm sorry I was talking about William Birkin I said Wesker William Birkin goes through like the two mutation stages in like the last 10 minutes of the film yeah and it's just a bit of a letdown if you had him as like an ongoing presence through the rest of the film 
It'd be a lot creepier. Like you could see him mutating and like fighting to like. I saw one of those zombies had written itchy tasty on one on the yeah, door yeah, and blood. Yeah, someone's done on a loafing blood. That's like the worst. Like the little bits like that are the worst ones where it's clearly just nods to the game where they've just gone, where can we put this? Let's put it there. Does a dog jump through a window? Yeah. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah. Um, but I would have preferred it if, like, the itchy tasty thing, they did just pick up a book and they were like, what is it? It's like, it's just someone's so journal. mention how Jill's the master of unlocking. Yeah. 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 Just because they do. They also have a Jill sandwich. Oh, sweet. No, they don't. Uh, but, like, I liked it. I really enjoyed this. It's, um, so the other, the problem with the original Resident Evil films back in the day was that they all feel quite sanitised. They don't really feel gory. Not, like, practical gore effects. It's all, like, CGI gore. And whilst this this film does use CGI to do the, I would have said the problem would be the endangerment of the stunt actors and performers. Lost a leg and degloved her face and yeah, lost an arm, lost Lost an arm, arm. sorry, and then and degloved her face, and then she struggled to get money back from Sony Studios because they tried to sue her, and then Mila Jovovich actually gave a large chunk of her paycheck to the woman to pay for her hospital. Sounds like hush money to me. Well, I don't think so, because Mila Jovovich isn't a producer. I think the last one was directed by her husband, though, so maybe. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I really liked this. It felt gory. It felt like it felt darker and like shit that happens in this. Like, there's some really interesting... You know, like how I mentioned the little girl in the beginning, like losing her hair and shit, and her mum comes out and she drags her away and you can see the mum's like losing hair as well and like it's all grim. There's a scene where like there are people going towards the police station because it's got these massive iron gates and they're like looking for safety, looking for any sort of like, you know, any sort of way of escape. And the woman's there, like, shaking the thing, going, like, I, 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 you know, like, screaming, help, help. And then you just see her, like, she, like, feels her head and, like, she pulls off her scalp and, like, part of her hair, like, the last remnants of, like, her hair as it was. And she just starts changing and her eyes roll back and she's like, and just, like, like, I like seeing that shit. Like, she's fighting right until the very end and then she just, like, fucking twists over. Um, another film that I think does this really well is have you seen Warm Bodies the like zombie no, it romantic shit. comedy it's actually really interesting I liked it it made me laugh a lot but there's a zombie moment pervert. there's a moment where he's explaining about how like there are zombies that are conscious like they're all conscious they have stuff going on even if they can't communicate they're just like these vapid shadows of themselves and they like recognise stuff but they don't really react in a, like any way and there are some zombies that lose those remnants of humanity and instead of them like just sitting there and like rotting and dying. They start peeling away at their faces and like all the remnants of flesh. And they just become these weird skeletal, like muscly monsters that just like wander around eating anything they can find, including like rats and other zombies and stuff. They call them the bonies. Because it's based on a YA film. But anyway, so Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City. I actually hardly, I, I want people to see this. I don't think it's doing very well. No, it's terrible. It's doing better than West Side Story. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. You sure? 10 million weekend for a blockbuster film. This came out when nothing else was covered out. This was a smart movie. Um, welcome to Resident Evil. Yeah, welcome to Raccoon City. I really like this. I genuinely think you might like this because it is the good kind of camp. Like when they do the liquor and stuff like that. You've got like, no idea what camp is. We've assessed this is campy as shit. You you underrated Malignant. Like No, I didn't malignant underrate it. I correctly camp. rated Malignant. Malignant's it is not pure camp. camp. It is. It's- Extreme. No, because there's loads of weird shit about ableism in that fucking film. You're a weird shit about ableism. <laughs> I do hate Abe Lincoln. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, Raccoon City. Uh, well, sorry, Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City. I really fucking like this, Anne. I genuinely did. I had a lot of fun watching this. There's enough shit going on. I think you get confused if you had no idea what the fuck Resident Evil is. But if you knew the basics of zombies, mutants, and people trying to escape. Yeah, because Resident Evil's famously extremely complicated. Have you ever tried reading the canon for Resident Evil? Look, 
I don't think anyone who works on Resident Evil has ever ever come to Resident <laughs> Evil. I think you might be right. Like, I think the you sh- might be right. Like, the people keep going about all oh, the characters in Resident Evil. What is what is the characters in Resident Evil? Tell me, tell me something about Leon. Okay, uh, he joined the Raccoon City PD. No, that's something he does. That's his job. Tell me something about Leon that isn't his job. As a person, he had a relationship. With- that's something he did. I want to say, as a person, what kind of person is he? Brave. <laughs> Brave? Because <laughs> he was a rookie in the first game, and then yeah. in the second time he appears, he's like some secret agent man. You don't you don't go from rookie yeah, cop to like, secret agent there man. There is 20 years between those. No, there isn't. Yeah, there is. Like, in the game, game world, there's 20 years. Not between Resident Evil 2 and 4. 10 years? It's, it's a it's long period 10 of time. Years. Yeah, it is. It is a long period like, of time. Pfft. Yeah, it's like a long period of time. It's like 2008 Resident Evil 4 is set. It's like 2002. No, it's like 2008, I think it's set. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's 2008. Yeah, so. Your timelines are all over the place. No, it's like it's genuinely a long period of time between those two those two events. Yeah, there's no character in Resident Evil. No, I mean, like, let's face it, there isn't. No, William Birkin. He has a family. Milian Birkin. Yeah, has a daughter. Has a loving wife. They've had some trouble, and they've looked at potentially having another child. That's mm, in the games. Yes. Yeah, and a... then he gets shot by Hunk and injects himself with G virus. Oh. Um. So they call Hunk Hunk. Yeah. Yeah, they call yeah. him Hunk. Because the T virus is the tyrant virus and only works on dead cells, whereas the G virus is William Birkin's creation. That works on living cell cultures. Oh, it's really good he made that's how they created uh, the Hunters. Oh, God. Yeah. Lickers. Lickers as well. Didn't they just skip the Hunters in this film and just go to the Lickers? They don't have Hunters in this film. Yeah, they just It's kind of hard to do Because everyone likes the Lickers. No, but it's kind of hard to do the Hunters. Just Lizard Man. I mean, when you say it like that, yeah, I'm just, just thinking He-Man. Power Rangers does it every week. Yeah, I know. Power Rangers does it. This ain't no Power Rangers. Exactly. They ain't cutting no monsters up with light swords or whatever it is that you... You see that Megazord they've, rele- they've released? No, I don't fucking follow. It's 150 quid. Really? Have you bought one yet? No, but I want one. Well, get one then. It's very big. Well, get one then. I don't have 150 quid. Well, then stop talking about it and make 150 quid. Make that dollar dollar bill so you can get your dollar dollar robot. Oh, an itchy ass. Your review, Ant. It's because you haven't wiped it properly. Oh, sorry. I'm going to give this. I'm not going to give it to Tom Atkins. It's not the best thing in the world. Not the best thing in the world, but I fucking loved it. So I'm going to give it a Kate Blanchett. Don't diss Kate Blanchett like that. Dissing Kate Blanchett. She's an English Rose. She's not as good as Tom Atkins, is she? I had a concept for a film the other day. What was that concept for a film? Oh, with Nail and I, but it's Kate Blanchett and Jodie Whittaker. That'd with work. Jodie and I. With, just with Nail and I, just remake it with Jodie Whittaker and Kate Blanchett. Oh, everything's a remake nowadays in your eyes. And then they scissor. Tell me something about these characters besides the scissoring, though. Tell me who they are as characters. Lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about that. I just... <laughs> Get to the scissoring. Yeah. <laughs> They'll tell people to fuck off. That's oh, there, we go. For, that's, there we go. That's perfect. That's the main thing for me. Right, How much do you need? I mean, it depends what they want. Give me a number. I mean, they're going to have a number. price, aren't they? Like, I'm going to throw the number out there. 15 mil. 15 mil. I think they'd want more than that. Really? Kate would. Kate's expensive. That's She's true. an A-list. Jodie's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Got that Doctor Who money. <laughs> Doctor Who money. She's, those bills need paying. Right, right. you done. Go yeah, your review. Well, I'm going to talk about voir. Robots in disguise. I'm going to talk about voir. What? Voir. What? Voir. 
Yeah. Is a Netflix video essay series on classic cinema. Oh, okay. That released this oh, week. Film Voir. It's called Voir. Um, it's produced by produced by David Fincher, and it's written and narrated and directed and stuff like that by a whole bunch of like film students, film film critics, studying type people. Yeah. Um, three of the episodes are written by Tony Zhou, who used to make every every frame of painting on YouTube. Every frame. Do you remember that channel? It was really good for about a year and a half, and then he stopped. No, I've never he seen. He decided it. not to carry on. Just he, you know, burned brightly for it. Well, he did great. He did that really good one about Jackie Chan, and did one video about um, Edgar Wright and editing stuff like that. Really oh, good. Someone said Edgar Wright's good at editing, didn't they? Yeah. How original! But um, this show, it's each one's a different sort of video essay. It's not one. Of the, it's not like the YouTube ones where it's just like people talking over film clips, mm. which is what you tend to get. A couple of them are focused on film clips and production and stuff like that, but some of them are like telling stories of what their life was like at the time and what the films of that era they're talking about meant to them. Like the first one is about this woman talking about her life as a teenager watching Jaws in the cinema and going to see it multiple times over because she got hooked on it. It was a big blockbuster film. They'd never seen anything like it before. Yeah. Because Jaws was arguably the first big blockbuster movie. It was the one that basically started the summer movie trend. I mean, have you heard about Spartacus? No, it wasn't Sparkers. Sparkers was released in winter as well. Really? Yeah. Fuck off. Films didn't get big releases like that oh. back then. It was a slow thing. They were just they would trundle through cinemas for years on end. Mm. Like, Jaws is the period where films start, you know, appearing in the cinema in the summer, disappearing after that. Big releases, but lots of lots of promotion behind it. But, um, yeah, it's all about her experiences at the time and stuff like that. There's there's one which, um, the Tony Joe one that he narrates mm-hmm. is all about the nature of revenge in cinema. Um, focuses a lot on Lady Vengeance, but goes into other films that have revenge themes and what sort of rules used to be put in place about what you could do in revenge, like the Hayes Production Code and how if someone seeks out revenge, they have to lose something along the way and they can't, like, they can't necessarily be um, seen as making the good choices and being the good guy. And all that. Like, um, I spit on your grave and stuff like that. I'll spit on your grave. It's, it's, that's the, that wouldn't have made it in the Hayes production code here. And no, it's not a good film. Um, but no, it's, it, it focuses on Lady Vengeance because Lady Vengeance is a really smart one about revenge. Because have you seen Lady Vengeance? Yeah. Well, the trilogy of films, isn't it? Lady Vengeance trilogy. No. Lady Vengeance is just the third part of the tr- Vengeance yeah, trilogy, but they're not related films. They're Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Things. But that one's about, um, you know, she finds the guy who's been killing children and he gets the families of the children, um, makes them watch the kids being killed because the guy recorded it all. And then she lets them into the room with the guy and they're allowed to do whatever they want to him as long as they don't kill him. And they all get their get their gradual revenge on him and they have to decide which one of them is going to kill him. You know, that'd be a really good corporal punishment system. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's all about how, you know, it breaks you and all that. But um, no, it's a really good series. This there's like some just interesting episodes. There's one all about like what makes what's what is appeal in animation in character design, and they talk about designing a character that doesn't fit the normal character design tropes for women in films because they usually tend to be slender, you know, big eyes and all this sort of stuff. And mm. they go for designer characters more angular and stuff, and see how that works, and then see how it works in two D and three D, and how you have to change your design for those different formats. Mediums. Yeah. And stuff. Um, probably the best episode out of the lot, though. I mean, Zo- Tony Zoe's ones on friggin' revenge on revenge was really good, but the last one's probably my favourite one of the lot because that's one of the only ones that entirely focuses on one film and yeah. really digs deep into one film. 
Um, and it's all about 48 hours. And it's a film that no one ever freaking talks about. Yeah. yeah. It's a fantastic film about, like, um, you know, race and um, sort of subtle racism and power of dynamics. It's one of those films. It, I think that's the one that's set during that sweltering fucking heat as well, isn't it? Like, you can, like. Let's just say in New York. What I think? I don't know what you're thinking of. But there's a film where Nick Nolte, he's a cop and he's got 48 hours to try and catch a pair of criminals and one of them's James Lamar. Yeah. Um, he's probably off his tits on coke at the time because that's what James Lamar was doing back then. Um, and he, you know, he gets Eddie Murphy out of jail for 48 hours to help him track down the criminal because Eddie Murphy's an informant. Well, you, know, you used to know him as well. But, um, no, 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 he's just, well, he's just a criminal. They're not buddies. They're not I friends. He used to know the criminal guy that they're hunting as well, like... Because it's, it's, um, what's his face? You don't know. You haven't seen the film. I have seen the film. I'm trying to remember what the film I watched with Nick Nolte in was the other day. <laughs> keep going. Incre- the Hulk. No, no, it's yeah. something else. But no, it's a, a really good little um, series. It's, like, they clearly had a, quite a bit of a budget going on over what you'd expect on YouTube. So it's going to be interesting to see if video essayists on YouTube try and sort of mimic this. Because they're very, very dry and informative, and like very much, very studious, sort of film school style present, you know, like film studies style presentation, sort of academic style mm. approach to it. Um, whereas a lot of YouTube like video essay stuff nowadays, if they're not just reading off lists and ranting and being utter shit, the good stuff that's out there is kind of veering more towards sort of a presentation and having a character in a, like, you know like how Patrick H. Willems has a character for himself on the show? Yeah. Two characters, which will be summed up in their finale that's coming soon. Um, he's got, have you heard about that? It's still going. Yeah, it's like a film length. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Um, he's made feature length content. Yeah. Um, I was teasing about that on Twitter the other day. Um, but no, he's, that, you know how they sort of like, even Dan Olsen, even though, Dan Olsen doesn't have, like, a character thing going on. He has a distinct Dan Olsen approach to it. Mm. Um, and I'm wondering if you're going to get people who are making, trying to push towards making video essays that are more sort of, the sort of thing that could genuinely be shown to film students to educate them about a particular film. Because um, most most video essays on YouTube would not pass that test. Most of the, even the most smartest ones are a lot of the time, they're very much, you know, Here's a film, and we're having we're going to talk about you know why it's great or why it sucks and whatnot. But they're not necessarily diving into the political climate at the time and all this sort of thing, and you know what certain individual moments in films mean to the message they're trying to say. A lot of film stuff on YouTube doesn't actually focus on thematics a lot of no. the time. They focus on aesthetics a lot because aesthetics is easier to digest than to break down than thematics when you're talking a visual medium. But um, but this stuff's like. This stuff's fantastic at breaking that stuff down. Beautifully yeah. done. Um there's there's like there's episodes in there that focus a lot on Lawrence of Arabia and like things like that where one one of them's talking about um sort of I think it's ties into the revenge one. I can't remember now. Mm. I watched it all in one night. Blurred into one. But um it's good because it's only like what is it about two hours long? It's like a bunch of twenty minute video essays. Yeah. I think the shortest one's seventeen minutes and the longest one's twenty four. Um, you can watch them all in one go, just one off the other, and you'll churn through them. Um, I was kind of surprised that they didn't get David Fincher to narrate one. He just produced it. I would like to have heard David Fincher talking about films and stuff because yeah, he's always quite entertaining. 
when he what, talks about film. Yeah, because what sort of films does he consider to be classic? He's got all sorts of stuff. He loves his like thrillers from the seventies yeah. and like. But he's got a streak of loving really goofy shit. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think you can tell that from when you watch Alien Three. Alien Three's great. People <laughs> freaking like keep ripping into that film for years still, and like you know, it's it's better than Alien Resurrection, Prometheus, or. Alien Covenant. I don't mind Alien Covenant. A lot of people don't like that film. Alien Covenant, if it ended 20 minutes earlier, yeah. would have been great. Alien <laughs> Covenant has like one of the best acted moments that just needs no words, and you sort of you get the idea that, yeah, the director knows what he's doing, and it's uh, Danny McBride being told his wife's dead. You know, like, he just basically hears other comms, he just says his wife's name, and they're like, I'm sorry. And he just, like, basically signs off on the comms and then just goes, and you see on the security cameras him travelling through the ship, and then you just see him, like, takes his fucking hat off, and he's just, like, has a breakdown in the corner of the ship. And then it cuts back to them being on the planet, being chased by a fucking... It's funny they killed so. James Franco off camera. I know. Maybe they knew. Maybe yeah. they knew. The film that I was thinking of with Nick Nolte, and it's Nick Nolte and Martin Short, and it's called Free Fugitives. No, oh, that film. Have you seen it? Yeah, years ago. Yeah, so it was really... Kid. I never saw it when I was a kid. I watched this recently because it was on um, Disney+. Plus. And you got that confused with 48 Hours. No, 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 no. Because no, you no. think Martin Short looks like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> you think Martin Short is an Eddie Murphy character. No, the reason the reason I found it really interesting is that it doesn't feel like an American-made film because American-made films, they often don't focus on the actual... They're really weird. Like a lot of American films don't focus on the environment they're in. They focus on like a few streets, but you just basically see like passing through streets and like there's no real geography to a lot of American films unless it's like a key focus of the actual movie itself. So most of the times they move through. Americans scenes are famously stuff. bad at geography. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't even know their own fucking country, do they? Um, but Free Fugitives doesn't feel like a film that's that's um, that ignores the environment. Like you get an idea that it's like a fishing village and you see those environments around and like as they travel out of town. That's because to it's a film it. from when they used to make real films. It's not really though because <laughs> Because nowadays the places don't exist Apparently in this was like really badly received. No, like, I remember it was a popular film when I was a kid. It's like 14% on Rotten Tomatoes but like mm. it's got a really good cast. It's got Nick Nolte and mm. Martin Short play the leads but then you've got James Earl Jones and Alan Ruck following them trying to track them down mm. and then you've got fucking Bruce McGill playing like a like a bar owner. Like the, the whole one I used to watch when I was a kid, Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Yeah, I really like Down and Out. But the only mm. thing that I was going to say is that Nick Nolte, like for for people now, Nick Nolte being a sex symbol in like the eighties and, and late seventies, you won't really get it. He but you watch him like a drunk to me. Really? Yeah, he always he's always looked a bit. Oh drunk. no, in this he's really handsome. Like mm. he's wearing like like the eighties clothes. And he's like quite clean cut because he's just come out of prison and he's going to the bank to withdraw like some money that he saved before he went to prison. And Martin Short goes to Robert to try and save his daughter because his daughter's in, yeah, in the yeah. care system. But yeah, really weird film. But it's directed by a French guy who's directed nothing but French films, including the French, the original French, My Father the Hero, about Jared Dubedeau being a weird sex dude. Have you seen My Father the Hero? No, Jared Dubedeau film, yeah. Yeah. The American version or the French version? The American one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Which was... Still weird. Kevin Klein was in that, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. What happened to Kevin Klein? Uh, he married Phoebe Phoebe Cates. Did he? Yeah. Good for him. He's been married to Phoebe Cates for a good long time. F- good for him. I don't know if you ever saw... I really like the film In and Out. Jennifer Connelly's birthday today. Oh, was it? Yeah. Happy birthday, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, she's I lovely. Really, I really like the film In and Out with um, with Kevin Klein, where he's the teacher who's about to be married to... Um, oh, God damn it, I've forgotten her name. The main actor from High Fidelity... John Cusack, his sister, Joanne Cusack. Oh. Yeah, Kevin Klein's getting married to Jack Joanne Black. Cusack. Yeah, Kevin Klein's getting married to Joanne Cusack, and he discovers he's gay like a few months before because Matt Dillon or Kevin Dillon, one of the Dillon brothers, is receiving an Oscar, and he goes, 
The only reason I can play a gay guy is because I learned from my English teacher. So this is for you. And he thanks his English teacher on stage. He's like, but I'm not gay. And he's like at his bachelorette party. And they're like, well, you're not gay, but we have hired like, and they've got like all these like musicals and stuff. And like, he's really into musicals and he's really friendly with guys. And he's never had sex because he's a devout Christian, but he might actually be gay. And he discovers he's gay. Then he gets with Tom Selleck. I mean, that's like fucking, if you're coming out, you're getting Tom Selleck. Not bad. It's a really Daddy and a beer. It's probably a really homophobic film by today's standards. No, you were just saying how much you loved it and how much you thought. <laughs> I it was... just realised it's real problematic. Yeah. <laughs> but you just think the existence of gays is funny. I mean, come on, who doesn't? Yeah, it's like those people <laughs> who just use like all their reactions on Twitter are black people <laughs> reacting to stuff. What is happening? We're an LGBTQ plus friendly podcast, and I'm losing my mind. Well, at least <coughs> at least I didn't say how much I love French Kissed. Have you seen French Kiss with Meg Ryan no. and Kevin Klein? No. Where he puts on a French accent? No. And he just talks like this the whole time. No, that's funny. Kevin Klein's pretending to be French. <laughs> the whole movie. Anyway. Oh, it's my last review. Voir. Oh, yeah, voir. It's, it's good. Give it a watch. What film would you like to see them to cover? Like, is there anything like in particular you'd like to see? Them uh, let's get some Sydney Lumet stuff or Lumet. Midnight Run, Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, John Voight, famous racist, and uh, uh, what's the what's that guy's name? I've forgotten his name now already. Um, Rain Man, not Tom Cruise. Dustin Hoffman, Sex Pest. When they're going to do a nice deep dive into the artistic merits of Jack and Jill. What was the Don Cacino song? <laughs> Al Pacino sings. Yeah, Al Pacino's in that. Johnny Depp's in that film as well. Yeah. Yeah, problematic. Do you think, do you think Adam Sandler's got dirt on people? Yeah. Mm, 100%. Yeah, he knows how much their mortgage rates are. Yeah. Um, and also he knows that Johnny Depp has a coke habit and an expensive wine habit. I wish I had a coke habit. Coca-Cola, you mean? Yeah. To go eat cocaine. Um, okay, so my last review is going to be Halo Infinite. It finally came out after, what, ten years? What's that? Five Halo? 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 Yeah. Hello? Halo Infinite. Halo. Halo. Is it me you're looking for? Hello, hello. You stop. <laughs> Master Chief Masu. Yeah, Halo Infinite came out. Huh? How's that? How's that? Fucking do ya. That rock your socks. That rock the mic, that rock the mic right. You got no love and you rip the wrong man. It's time to move your body. Mm. If you can't get a girl, you best Time to move your body. Um, so Halo Infinite. It, you play as Master Chief again. Master Queef, more like. Huh? 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 Master Queef, more like. Huh? 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 Was that what you were going to say? No, I was, I was reading stuff. What were you, you reading? Um, about how it's stupid for anime fans are like overly protective of their stuff being remade into live action oh yeah they're super yeah because uh, things got cancelled didn't it but then again this is a Transformers fan perspective because you know whenever people go on about reboots I mean we get a new reboot of Transformers like every year like it's fucking constant as someone who's a fan of like um, Japanese RPGs I often play them um, I don't care if they put more clothes on teenagers I just don't there's an entire group of people that call that censorship. I say that they're perverts. Probably pedos, a lot of them. 
Um, specifically the people that like Lolly. You're all fucking pedos. Um, anyway, sorry. Sorry. So back to the point. Halo Infinite. So you play as Master Chief. He has been in suspended animation since the end of the end of I think Halo Wars Two or some game because I don't recognise what's happening. I haven't, I haven't played a Halo game since Halo Three. All right, he's drifting in space. Yeah, I played Re- Reach. Reach, I played Reach. Reach was Reach was after, after Halo Three. Yeah, I played Reach then because Halo wasn't Halo Reach after ODST. Yeah. Did you play ODST? Yeah. Yeah, ODST was good. I liked ODST a lot. Yeah. Did you not like it? Can't bother with it. No, I just like the fact that you got to play as the Firefly Club. I think Reach is the only the best one in the series. Halo Reach is really fucking good, but yeah. uh, I mean, okay, so so Halo Infinite. The the story is that yeah, Master Chief has been in suspended animation, and he gets saved by this bloke who's on like a small rescue ship that essentially somehow avoided a massive conflict that ended up destroying part of one of the Halo rings. Um, and you find out that there is a group called the Banished, which is like a collective of Covenant. Um, Covenant Army, like, um, Covenant Army, like, um, rejects. I don't want to call them rejects, but they're like, they're like, they're people that are, that are sincerely, like, religiously linked to the ideas of the Covenant, um, the, that, you know, obviously are no longer an issue because the Covenant joined the Earth Forces and they are, like, a unified. Yeah, they had some new enemies in yeah. Halo 4 or 5 or whatever. Yeah, I don't both know. Of them, they were new enemies. Um, you're on a new planet in Halo 4 and it was, like, energy enemies, like these weird. Yeah. Like, Aren't um, they supposed to be the ones who are really behind it or something? I don't fucking know. And then, um, and then Halo 5, you were, like, being chased down by the Arbiter or an Arbiter who was trying to track you down. Um, and then you played as the villain as well. I don't fucking care. Um, but anyway, so Halo Infinite, you're just playing as Master Chief. It's nice and simple. You're Master Chief, you're on the Halo, you're trying to find out, firstly, why the Banished are there and what they're digging for, because they appear to be digging into the Halo system to find some sort of piece of technology, mm-hmm. and they believe that it's something left by the precursors to whoever ran these Halo rings until the end. And obviously the Halo rings were set up as a device to stop the Flood by destroying them if they should be released, and they trapped the Flood on the Halo rings. So the first three games you'll find the flood, then you'll find those energy monsters, and then the fifth one you're fighting like a, another military force. And in this one, you are just fighting the banished. And the banished is made up of groups of like all the Covenant troops and all the other troops that are just disenfranchised with, you know, a unified, a unified um, military group and have decided to splinter off. Okay. The first two levels set up perfectly. The first level, you're basically you're on the ship with this guy who says, I just saved you. And then Master Chief goes, have you got any weapons? And he literally just gives you a gun one shot and you get a nice little CGI cutscene in which Master Chief is launching himself towards the ship. He manages to take out a bunch of people and then as you get to the end of the level and you like set the ship to self-destruct and you like fly out and you go back into the other ship and you've got some weapons, you're like, okay, next one. And then you go to the next mission and you go to like basically the lift that takes you up. And it's a fucking great looking... So the set pieces in this are obviously a lot better than we've ex- we've seen so far because most Halo games you're like in the alien structures and you're in like long... Yeah, it loves you running around the same <coughs> corridors over and yeah. over again. Whereas this, you've got a lot of lush greenery. Mm. But those intro levels, you've got a really cool ship that is a bit like those corridor things. So it's re- very reminiscent of the older games. And then you go into this area that's like hexagonal platforms that are like magnetically interlocked. And then lift systems that lead up to the halo itself, yeah, to the surface of the halo. Every single level. No, 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 no. This is just the first, this is <sighs> just the first two. So and then those those hexagonal things fall away and like the whole thing is just destroyed and gravity's going a bit crazy down there because you're in the impact site from where a ship like basically collided with the ring so it's like got a break in it 
and then you've got the main part still connected. Um, so you're you're going up using your new grappling hook, which is fucking awesome. It's a really nice touch. It's a really well done grappling hook. Um, and you basically go up and then you go into the lift and you're on the surface of this halo ring. And for the first time, you have like an actual open area. Because you remember the first halo game, it made you think you've got an open area and like in reality, you just had like a beach and you came around and then yeah. you had the towers. In this, you've actually got an open area and it's a bit, it's, um, it's a bit like in Assassin's Creed where you've got like little markers. But unlike in Assassin's Creed, there's not a fucking billion of them. There oh. are very clear like missions that you get. Well, how are you supposed to play it forever? <laughs> So what's really nice is it's nice and clear. You've got FOB missions, which are like little bits of information. So you've got like data packs and stuff where you'll learn about the story, but also their held positions. So if you claim enough of those, you get an area, basically. And then you've got like little distress calls. So if someone, one of the troop sets calls you, they'll go, we've been here, we're holding down, we need help. You go and you save those people and you get what you get like points. And like that basically helps you maintain the area and hold the area. Um, and then you've got like bosses and if you kill the bosses you get distinct weapons that you can like reproduce back at like one of your bases really simple shit like and it's all just shooty shooty but it's structured slightly different each one and the bosses are really cool because they are like powered up versions of like the uber bad guys that you only really see on levels normally and some of the weapons are very cool as well like you've got an unrestricted plasma plasma pistol so you hold it down to power it up, and it will either shoot a really fast big beam, you know, like the, the one that destroys the shield in one hit, yeah. or it will do like a scad shot, like all over the place. And it's really fucking cool. It's a nice little touch to Halo to mix things up a little bit. And you've also got like Spartans dotted around the place that fell during your original occupation of the Halo, which is really cool. Um, and I'm just really fucking enjoying this. Halo, um, I was going to review this last week, but Halo Infinite's multiplayer has been available for like a month now, over a month. Yeah. And it was free to play. It's still free to play. You just jump and you play a game. And it was really nice to be back in there with those weapons. Like, there is something about the Halo plasma, uh, pulse rifle sort of style assault weapon and the pistol. That combo is iconic to me. I love those weapons. And playing that multiplayer and, like, being back in that game, it felt like, it almost felt like coming home. It felt like playing those original games. The speed of them were there. There's like a few little additions here and there, but for the most part, it's that classic Halo feeling where you're just like, pop it up, pop it up, pop it up, take down the shield, they quickly whip out the pistol and get a couple of headshots and then reload onto the next bad guy. Maybe lob a couple of grenades around the place just to cause some chaos and then scoot the fuck out. the Battle Royale mode? No Battle Royale mode. What? No. How are they going to um, compete with Fortnite? They've got Oddball, which Did you is. Know Spider Man's in Fortnite now. Yeah, I've seen. I don't like Oddball. That's one of the new. I don't know if it was in previous Halos because I don't really play the multiplayer of the old Halos at all. That oddball where you have to hold onto this skull and you yeah, can't yeah. use your weapons. That's from Halo 3. Oh, is it? And you move really slowly. Yeah. And the only problem with that is that, like, in this one, you just get swamped and then people don't go for the objective. They try and get kills because there's, like, daily missions. No, there's probably more because people don't know what they're doing. Well, no, it's, it's daily missions. So you basically, you've got, like, kill five people using the rocket launcher and you unlock this thing and, like, do this and do that. And it just basically um, it incentivizes not doing the games. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of bullshit. Like, you should basically be like, win one game, win two games, win three games, hey, look, you've won four games, you get this. Or win three games in a row, or some shit like that. You know, like, it should incentivize playing the games rather than just, like, fucking using a specific wrench to fucking open T-Bank, five enemies. <coughs> yeah. There is actually a mode like that that's coming to the game. It's what? like T-Bag tag. Oh. So you have to kill someone and you have to T-Bag them to get the kill to count. Which is kind of funny. Do they know, fun. do they finally actually render like big old sandy T- balls? T balls. Uh, T balls. 
have to unzip your trousers. Yeah, right, and just, yeah. Um, just the fucking full, the full multiplayer physics. for this though feels great. I've had like a couple of problems. Like the only major problem I've had is that the Xbox um, Series S and Series X. I think they both suffer from this. If you quick resume the game, it doesn't always connect back to the servers to allow you to play the multiplayer. It just, just turn seems to have every now and again. Yeah, that's basically what you have to do. It's oh. just when you start a new session, you just have to quit and then start. I again. always turn the games off. I never leave quick resume on on my Xbox. You don't have quick resume. You've got Xbox One X has got quick resume. Mm, it does real quick resume though. You can't unplug that, plug it in somewhere else, and it still resumes the game at the same point. I'm not going to unplug it. Why would I unplug it? I ever? unplug my consoles all the time just to quick resume because I just love the feature so much. Um, but yeah, Halo. It it looks great. It runs great. It's a really good game. There's a few bugs, but it's nothing like crazy like Battlefield 2042. And unlike Battlefield forty two, uh, Battlefield twenty forty two, they have they've retained that feeling of Halo. It's back to being a quality product. It's it feels more like Halo one, two, and three than Halo four or five, even though it's made by three, four, three studios. Like the problem is that Halo four introduced energy weapons and like these energy monsters. So like it would be they would phase between points and stuff like that. So it was always all about trying to predict the enemy's movements and trying to like. Mm -hmm. Measure where, like, measure where they're going to be, rather than being like a distinct. They're going to try and flank me, or they're going to like come around this way. Like in the original Halo games, you can kind of predict how enemies are going to respond mm. because they'll like they'll try and get around you, or they'll throw grenades and like yeah, you know destroy their commander, so all the little grunts go crazy. Yeah, they go. Nee! There was less of that in Halo Four, and then Halo Five. It's it was, the Arbiter. Halo Five. They introduced these weird like bullet spongy villains. Yeah, don't like that. Yeah, and it like again. They felt kind of like someone else trying Halo, mm. which is kind of what they were because Bungie left after Halo 3 and then it was made by 343 Studios. Mm. And 343 did a great job on the Master Chief Collection where they had 1, 2 and 3 and they had re- remastered them. And those games still play great on that collection, but multiplayer was a bit of a mess when that came about. With Halo Infinite, it feels like they've actually made the complete package work. And they've mm. made kind of a game that like they sort of, I assume they wanted to make. Because it does give you a lot of freedom as a player as well. If I wanted to fuck off and try and find new areas and just go and kill whatever big bad guy I could take down with a fucking sniper rifle and wing and a prayer, I can do that in that. Whereas with other games, you'd obviously be on a linear path and you couldn't really do it. One of the only things that I'd like is I would like just an additional mode where you could just hit a button and it'd be like, uh-oh, you've released the flood and it's like full-on zombie apocalypse. You just, the floods ah, suck, ah. though. No, but I love the flood of always. Sucks. I loved the idea of the flood. Like mm. I like the idea of the flood. I just wish that there was like because there was no organic restrictions to what they could do. They just charge it. Yeah, it's yeah. boring. Well, that's kind of the problem is boring. that like the flood in the game. I, if you remember like Halo One when you first opened that thing, and there's just hundreds of those little head things. Mm-hmm. It didn't really make much sense because there, there wasn't hundreds of those people in that room whose heads just suddenly dropped off and became those creatures. Yeah. I don't know that, yeah. but it doesn't feel like that's you plausible. You feel heads in a room. <laughs> it doesn't really feel like that's plausible. So I'd like it if organically you had like X amount of people on a map. That's how many of those head doodlies you could have. And that's how many big troopers you could have and so on and so forth. Like you had like a group of, and it was just you trying to fight back the flood on this halo ring before it activates. And you've just got a time limit. Give me dead space. Where's no dead rising. Oh, I want to know they got all these halo rings, but you've got 10. Where's right? the halo holes in the middle of the ring? Where do they put them? In the middle of the ring, the big, like the big round. Yeah, in the middle of the ring. Halo holes. Yeah, in the middle of the ring. Where are they? In the middle. But the but the planet. It's not a planet. The part they cut out to make no, the they halo don't ring. Cut anything out. It's an artificial construct that's the circle. 
Well, there must have been something in the middle. No, you just build a circle. What the fuck? Was this something you were going towards and it's now just... The donuts. <laughs> I mean, maybe they made it... At... Here you go. Maybe they made a big tube. You know tubes? Yeah. Made a big tube and cut that into ten pieces. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that works. Yeah. That, yeah, there you go. That's fine. Yeah. You know, like a big Kit Kat, but round. Yeah. And they just snapped one off and yeah. snapped another one off. They shed it with all their mates. Made a whole Dyson sphere. Yeah. And then they just cut out cut all the out. side bit. Yeah. And then just had it around. Um, but other, like, it is great. It's fucking great. And uh, as I said earlier in my review of Stadia, I play on Game Pass on the, on the little, um, on my Android tablet. And it was fucking really smooth. Really, really cool. Played it on the Chromecast. No, no, I played it on my um, Android tablet. Why do you play it on your TV? Plugged the because I was on lunch at work and I couldn't be able to go and plug the TV and turn it on, so I was just playing it on my. It's the. It's not even a minute's walk. I mean, away. it was like literally like all the way over there, so I just plugged my controller into my tablet and I was playing playing some Halo, mate. Jesus Christ! It's real good, real good. I'm gonna give this to Tom Atkins just because I, I, you know, I've been pretty underwhelmed. <laughs> By current gen, well, new, more next gen stuff. I've been pretty no, underwhelmed. If you're underwhelmed, you just let me have your um, no, PS5 then. No, no. I'll give you a, um, a, 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 no. a slap around the face. No. I think give probably the, like it, the, best, <laughs> the best experience I've had so far on a next gen game is Halo Infinite. Like, I really enjoyed Ratchet and Clank, but I lost interest so quick. And then Deathloop. Oh, Ratchet and Clank's awesome. Like, Deathloop, I you lost interest. You Ratchet and Clank. Nope. What? Deathloop, I lost you didn't interest. You the pirate in. stages. Nope. I oh, did. God. I got to the pirate stages on the junkyard planet. There's a pirate planet. It's the planet from Quest for Booty. I thought it was just the junkyard planet. No, you go back to the, the Quest junk. for Booty planet. Oh, that's probably the one I'm on then because it looks like a junkyard to me. Um, I'm fighting pirates on it though. You have to go through a, um, the tracks. There's a bit where you have to go through like a, a pirate like amusement thing. Oh, okay. And it's like a big old presentation of pirate robots. Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, but yeah, I've been really underwhelmed by a lot of next gen stuff, even like. I think Demon Souls has probably become the closest to something that I'd, I'd like to, I'd say, would be really great. Um, but the problem is that like none of it's really held me. Um, and Halo Infinite, for some reason, I just keep thinking about playing some more of that multiplayer and get some of the more, some more of the story done. I really do like it, so I'm going to give it to Tom Atkins. Your review, Ant. Man of action. And now it's time for more trailers. What are you going to talk about? The Game Awards. What are you going to talk about? What are you going to talk about? What if we were like the Game Awards and we just took loads of money to present game trailers and every now and again we're like, oh yeah, this person got a prize. Here's here's another 10 minutes. This dude won a prize? Here's another 20 minutes of trailers because it pays... Pays the bills. Gives gives me access to all the companies. Jeff Keighley. What would you do with that access? Jeff Keighley who goes... Oh, if you're experiencing abuse in your workplace in the games industry, here's a helpline for you. Now over to Ubisoft. Did you see that bit? No. Where he talked about, uh, you know, abuse has no place in the industry. Here's a helpline for people. Oh, yeah, and they immediately and cut in- to a trailer of Ubisoft. No, it immediately went to Giancarlo Esposito for Far Cry 6. And you're just like, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't even an attempt, was it? I mean, it? I know it's not Giancarlo Esposito's fault, but no. it's a Ubisoft game. Yeah, Christ. Anyway, what am I going to review last? I don't know. What have you got to review last? Um, I watched No Time to... D- no! You reviewed No Time to Die weeks ago, didn't you? Yeah. Do you know what I should review? What? Kaisako Sentai. Ten Kaja. No, you shouldn't review Yeah, no I'm Time reviewing this. No. Jesus. So, this is a brand new film. Yeah. So brand new that it's not actually out in Japan as such yet. I just got... It's in cinema. 
Um, but I saw it. Subtold. How did you see it? Magic. Magic. Did you rip off another Toku movie? Toku Magic. So, Tengo Kaija is the 10th anniversary movie for one of the best Super Sentai series. Kaiser Sentai Gen... Go, 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 Kaija. The train one? No, the pirate one. Let me go on with the pirates, and they have, they have the powers of the previous Sentai teams. They can turn into all the different previous Sentais, and it's got banging theme tune and stuff. It's really good. It's the first Super Sentai series I watched all the way through. Okay. Other than Akiba Ranger, but Akiba Ranger's technically not official, although there is an Akiba Ranger cameo in the new um, one of the new movies that came out recently. So maybe it is canon. But anyway, Tengo Kaija. Like all the Gokaija movies, and I mean all of them, yeah. the main plot, there's a plot going on that's like your typical movie plot where, oh, some evil thing's doing an evil thing. But what most of the story is framed around is, why is Captain Marvelous an arsehole now? Because um, that's... The thing with the Gokaijas, right? Yeah. And they're not heroic. Okay. Not in the traditional sense. They're anti-heroes. They're, Are they the, they're a they're bunch the of pirates. Pirate ones. Yeah. So you can't have them being overtly heroic and you can't start your stories with them having a jolly old time getting involved in activities in the local community because they ain't going to do that. Uh, let me hit you with a remix. If they're doing local activities in the community, it's robbing somewhere. <laughs> like, And you can't really have your kids' heroes robbing banks at the start of a I show. Mean, Robin Hood. You can, tell, you can say they've done that. But you don't show it. Robin Hood, the most famous. So a lot of the movie ones tend to, rather than having the usual thing where a villain throws a plot, because they've killed the villain, haven't they? they yeah, you know, they've, yeah, got, yeah. they've got no villain in these movies. They need you a new villain. They need a new villain. They've got to get a new one. Um, you set up with this premise that the Gokaijas haven't hung around with each other for ages. Okay. There is a little bit of continuity from the last time they appeared on the TV show where they left the um, bird behind. Yeah. Um, Navi, the bird that told them where to go. Um, and there's like illusions that the Silver Ranger stayed on Earth. He's a human. The others... the the Gokai just technically aliens. Hmm. Um, and they've they split up at some point, and the Gokai Galleon, which is their mecha, has been destroyed, and uh, Captain Marvelous has lost an eye, so he's got an eye patch now, <gasps> like a pirate has. That's awesome. Um, and they're all arseholes. He's, everyone's being seems to be an arsehole, and they're not getting on. Um, and the main thing that's going on is there's this... This is brilliant. So the Silver Ranger has helped this group who were like, hey... We need to find a way of raising money to help defend Earth in case there's an alien invasion again, because that was the whole thing in Gokaija. They were protecting the Earth from an alien invasion. Yeah. So their plan is, the Silver Rangers apparently gone around and convinced all the previous Super Sentai teams to put their powers into the little keys that they use in Gokaija. Mm-hmm. And they're holding like Super Sentai fighting tournaments where they summon the Sentai team members, but like puppet versions of them. Like, not real. Not really them. It's like a you know, a fake version of them. Yeah. And they'll fight, and everyone's allowed to vote, no, to, allowed to bet on it, and the betting raises money for an Earth protection system, an Earth defence system. That's the idea. Um, there's a brilliant bit of dialogue. So it was a really genius decision to let peop- let children and anyone of any age take part in this. And I was just like, is there no government <laughs> rule about gambling? Just like, can you just in Japan? There's quite a strict one. Yeah, I mean, there's no gambling in Japan. That's, yeah, exactly. That's why there's always pachinko dens yeah, and then a the, place along the street where you take balls to trade to in. trade for money or prizes. Yeah, but um, ticket redemption—you get the red tickets and then you can get the hat. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, obviously, Silver Ranger, the old guy Ikari, he's a bit gullible. It turns out it's going to be a shock to you. The people who are running this organization, yeah, aren't actually humans. They're actually aliens <gasps> no. hell-bent on turning Earth into their armada to go invade other planets. 
they're going to use this money to make their own force to go invade other planets and I take over the galaxy. Believe it? Can't believe it. Obviously, you know, Captain Marvelous already knew this somehow. Yeah, and that's why he's being an arsehole. Of course, because the team has to look like a bunch of arseholes before they can deal with it instead of just busting into the room and beating their asses. Oh. Um. But no, it's a jolly good fun time. I enjoyed it. It was like meeting up with old friends. Because like, the Gokaijas, they're like probably the most consistently reappearing complete team in Super Sentai. Because most of the time, you don't get the whole team turning up. Sometimes you'll get one member of the team, he'll do a cameo, and the rest of them will only appear in their costumes so the stuntmen can do it. Yeah. But the Gokaijas consistently reappear. Every couple of years, they'll do a whole thing, the whole group of them, hanging out, having a good old time. Getting involved. There was a Zuoja two-parter five years ago. There was um, Super Sentai Strongest Battle about two years ago, where most of the Gokaijas were in it. Yeah. Um. Really good, good fun time, and it's nice to see that continuity carry on because they're like they are they are the big Super Sentai team nowadays. They're they're the one that people sort of think of as being the face of the brand, as it were, because they were probably the most popular ones in the last ten years, pretty much. Mm. Um. And some really neat stuff. I like the villains in it. The three villains, what they've one of them's got like a regular monster costume for like the big boss villain, which is usually the over-designed anime pointy costume. Oh yeah, like the fucking massive all sorts of shit coming stuff, off yeah. him. Well, it's not too bad. He's he's he can move a bit. But the okay. other two villains, one of them's um, just got a mask on, and it's they've got some parkour person in there, so they can just do really like acrobatic fight sequences with that person. He's wearing like a leotard. Yeah, they've just got a regular costume, like like a waistcoat and baggy trousers <laughs> on. Um, but it's got like a squid head. Yeah. And they have like, that allows them to do these fight sequences where this character's like leaping all over the place and doing crazy stunts, which you can't normally do in a big rubber costume. And the other one is um, a guy called Metal Tanaka, I think his name is. And he was Carmen Rider Bravo in Carmen Rider Gaim. And yeah. he's kind of great. Apparently he's straight, but I don't buy it. <laughs> he always plays very camp characters. Um, he was extremely camp in Carmen Rider. Yeah. Like, ridiculously camp. But um, he's just like, they just paint him blue and give him some big boots and big hands. <laughs> I, I mean, he looks like a monster. He's, oh no, the monster's coming. He's a blue dude. You like- know, he's a bald-headed, like, six-foot-something-tall blooming Japanese man, which isn't common in Japan. No. no they, they tend to keep their hair until they get really old, but he's not that old. He just shaved his head on purpose. He's he's got a wife. I don't believe it. You don't want to look at him, and you're like, nah. <laughs> I love this. This has become outing celebrities. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's great. He's just running around in his monster costume, got a waistcoat and baggy trousers on, just like the other one. Oh, cool. But painted blue, looks like a navvy. Yeah. Um, you know, bit of fight. I like that. I like that fun. Um, but yeah, one thing that was weird is that they're using the trumpet thing that Basco, one of the villains in Gokaijo, was using. Yeah. To summon all the rangers because he could summon multiple rangers at once with the keys he could plug a bunch of keys into the trumpet and use them like keys on a trumpet okay so to- a bit like the old dagger yeah. yeah and it would summon a bunch of rangers but they've, they've got this whole machine set up for it um, but the guy who plays Basco in that series plays one of the commentators commentating on the battles in this and I kind of think it's weird that they had him there but not playing Basco again because he did play Basco a few years ago yeah um but he is also the actor who is currently on Carmen Rider Trigger, not Carmen Rider, Ultraman Trigger, mm-hmm. playing a pirate called Ignis, which I think is a weird coincidence. I've got a feeling they only called him a pirate treasure hunter because he was a pirate in Gokaija. I think that's a reference. Um, and his co-commentator is a guy I can never remember the name of, but Masahiro something. He he was... Sakurai. 
No, he was um, the Yellow Ranger in Magi Ranger, and he was the Gold Ranger in Go Busters, and he makes cameos all the time. What is Go Busters? It's the series that Beast Morphers is based on. Oh, yeah, and you spoke about this for ages. Ghostbusters is, Go Busters is great. Go Busters is great. I like, I like Go I really Busters. like Go Busters Afterlife. <laughs> it's mediocre. Anyway, so <laughs> Tengo Kaiju is a lot of fun. It's an hour long. I could have done with more. I would like to oh, really? I could I would happily had another half hour. It's not like them like they don't tend to do like hour and a half long movies unless it's a special event. But, I mean you got for an hour but and a half of it you found it. Was an hour. Do, it was an hour yeah, long. Sorry, hour yeah. long. And you got you felt like you could watch more of it. That's all. It was nice good. stuff. It was a nice little thing for the fans. There was one lad in it, he's part of the he's sort of working with the villains, but you get the impression he's someone who's been hired to work for him. Yeah. He's not one of the aliens or anything, and you find out he's the little kid who was in the second episode of Go Kaija. Who like taught Captain Marvelous a lesson? What a twist! Gave him a speech to power him up, and you know Captain Marvelous, to prove he's not a total arsehole, repeats what he said to him. I'm not nice. Like, and he, the whole team's acting like they don't recognise the kid. But then it's like, but guy didn't. He was with him for ages. Guy didn't. Captain Marvelous did though, because Captain Marvelous is a good guy. Kill that guy, kid. Guy is an idiot. Guys, guys are fucking dumbass. You gotta kill that kid. Um, there's a lot of fun. They get a new power up. Oh yeah, what's the new power? Um, well, the galleon got destroyed, but they got a power that's themed around the Gokai galleon, where each team member gets like a big old, like a weapon or a plate of armor that sticks to one of their limbs. Okay, yeah. So like the green one's got a big cannon thing on his left arm, and Captain Marvelous gets a big old chest plate thing that's the ship coming out of his chest. Um, and then they do a power up thing. And it Does all... one of them get a shark? No, no, just got swords and shit. Yeah. One of them has like a bunch of swords on the legs that oh, fire so out. Does one have like a shark poking out of the chest? No. Yeah. But they he, they power up and he joins all into Captain Marvelous, so he has all of them at once. Oh, cool. then, what does he do with all those powers? Um, shoots everything at the villain until he blows up. No mecha fight in this. Really? Yeah. No mecha fight because the well, the Goku Galen got destroyed. Oh yeah. But of course, I think it's kind of fun because they come with that new costume, new power up, which means if you want to use the key thing that comes with that, the Galleon key, mm. then obviously that's not going to be in the original toy. It's not going to work with the original toy. Because that sound wasn't around. They didn't have that planned in the original series from 10 years ago. So you've got to buy the new premium Gokaija transformation device that does have the sound files for this new key. Oh, toy. right. So it doesn't have like the MP3s or anything yeah. on there. So you've got, you got to come up with one new power-up device for this 10 years later hmm. special movie. Because, you know, otherwise, how are you going to sell more? What are the things called in Gokaija? I don't know. Mobile rates, that's what it's mobile called. Mobile rates? Yeah, cause it's a mobile phone. Pirate, mobile, 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 mobile. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. That's a sweet name. Yeah. The, um, the Japanese ones are really cool. The, you know, actually, the American version of that was actually a little bit better. Even though the keys were smaller, they had little spring-loaded buttons on them, so they'd flick up when you press the button. Oh, right. So um, like, a, like a mobile phone yeah. device. But in the Japanese versions, they don't. I've got one of them over there. Um, they don't have the spring-loaded thing, and there's a real knack to flicking them to make them open up like mm. they do in the show but if you watch the sh- if you watch the show they clearly got spring loaded ones and they didn't release Jeez. them as toys no Bastards. but if you if you oil them a little bit you get a little bit of oil on the joint <laughs> you maybe just like but I've got the knack for it eventually oh you've got the knack for yeah it. you bounce one finger underneath so the bottom so why are you key, fighting crime as a power ranger put two fingers either side of the leg on the key and support the back of your finger then you just give it a, a squeeze to pop the legs up it sounds like Hawkeye trying to teach me how to throw a coin. And then you can pop it into the mobile and go, go, Kai, change. Um, there's a fun bit where they run through all the um, the Red Rangers from the past five years. Yeah. That obviously haven't, they haven't <gasps> done before. They bring up my favourite. Because they... What? Tommy. 
Tommy, no, because it's not Power Isn't it's Shit Ranger. Um, because it's the first time for five years, so they they're going through the ones from the past five years. Um, and there's a bit where he he turns in Captain Marvelous turns into Lucky from Q Ranger, mm. who's Lucky. Oh. He's very lucky. That was his defining trait as a character. Do, do, and he do, slips on a banana skin during the fight, yeah. which allows him to dodge an attack, and then he fires his guns off accidentally and shoots the monsters he's fighting. Yeah. And if you go on the Wikipedia page, someone claims that that is a reference to the actor who played Carmen Rider Baron in Carmen Rider Gaim, who was a banana-themed ranger, because it's the fruit Carmen Rider, who apparently auditioned for the role of Captain Marvelous. And not a reference to the fact that Lucky's really lucky and he slips on a banana skin, luckily, and shoots the bad guys with luck. Apparently it's some obscure reference to an old person who auditioned for the show 12 years ago. Oh. It's not. It's oh, because okay. Ranger Wiki's full of shit sometimes. Oh. And the people who write it just make up all sorts of conjecture. I thought you were saying a real thing then. There's no sec- citation there. <laughs> no one no said that. No citation needed. They never did it. They just, they just, that's what they do. They keep they they're so desperate to put facts on there. They'll put something like, "This ranger is the first ranger since two shows ago to have black hair," and the red ranger or some shit like that. And it's like that's not a fact. That's <laughs> that's like our news at the beginning of the news thing. It's not. It's not a thing. This red ranger is the first ranger to have dolphin powers since Zoo Ranger or whatever. And you're calling bullshit on that. You know that's not the case. When it's like they they're so desperate for facts, they'll be like, "This is the fifth eagle ranger there's ever been and it's like it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter and it's not the first something to do something if the last time they did that something was last year (laughs) that's not important like if it was like the first time there's been a like a certain thing since the first series okay then you got a point it's a reference (laughs) okay like Zenkaija I'll accept it then Zenkaija is a white ranger. Mm-hmm. The last time there was a white ranger who was the leader of the team was Kaku Ranger. Or was it? I think it was Kaku Ranger. Um, or he, he's directly a reference to Big One from Jacka, the second series. Oh, right. Like, who's a white ranger with rainbow patterns. For some reason I thought mask. Big Zan as soon as you said that. Big Zan? Yeah, oh, hey. Um, but Zenkaija, that's, 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 that's the fact. Not someone slipping on a banana skin because you can remember there was a banana Carmen Rider auditioned for the role. Of oh, gonna... The people making the show didn't think about that. I guarantee they weren't thinking. Do you remember that guy who auditioned for Captain Marvelous's role went on to play a banana guy? We should have Captain Marvelous slip on a banana skin while he's play while he's you know cosplaying as Lucky from Q Ranger. Who am I going to play as this time? Oh, fucking ooh, ooh, Big Zam. I did like when. Captain Marvelous and I'm dressed up as the loop as the Patter Rangers. Okay, yeah. And the Lupin Rangers and we're fighting. Oh Lupin Rangers. And there was, I know Lupin Rangers. There was one bit where the green and yellow Gokaija swap their powers, which I don't <gasps> think they've ever done in Gokaija. Oh okay. Um so you had a green Gokaija with a skirt for a little while. No, that's something. That's a commitment when they have to make an extra skirt for every <laughs> every time the girl rangers, because you couldn't possibly have the girl rangers not having a skirt. No. I think they even put skirts on the female rangers when they didn't have skirts in the original show. Really? Yeah. Just because you've got to have skirts. That's weird. Yeah. But anyway. I don't like that. That's Kaizuko weird. Sentai Tengo Kaija is a fun celebration of Gokaija. It's a great... If you watch through the whole series and you watch all the Gokaija stuff, it's well worth doing because it's just fun following their story because they are probably the most interesting Super Sentai team because they're pirates, so... I mean... They're not trains. If if you're pirates, you've got a plus over everyone, haven't you? Pirates are cool. Yeah. 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 Even when they're drunk. They're not trains. Trains are cool. Trains are cool. Yeah. 
Not in the UK, though. No, trains suck in the UK. If we, that's what I was saying with Kevin, if they brought Tokyo over to the UK, they'd have to have a replacement bus service based. Oh, God, center. the amount of times they'd hit someone. <laughs> the, they'd try oh. to form the Mecca, and it would just be like, they tried to fall in the Mecca and the legs wouldn't turn up for three hours. Yeah. Oh, God. And then they're like, like, you should be grateful they turned up at all. Yeah. You're yeah. like, oh, at least we got you home. Wouldn't get that with pirates. <sighs> pirates are good. Yeah. I want to go Kaiser toys. I want all the little SH figures. Did you just say really expensive? Um, I mean, depends. That Kiba Ranger one I got, I got for 30 quid. But the go Kaijas, I mean, it's five of them for What well, didn't you have like a. Didn't someone get you a Megazord? A Megazorg. Megazord? Yeah, that's a, that's from Go-Busters. It's like Is it? Beast Morphers. It's the Beast Morphers Should one. I go, should I go play everyone at... No, let's end the podcast now. <laughs> Who bought you that cool sta- that cool figure with at least one point you of articulation? Point it, was, it was you, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Two oh, points of articulation. Two points? Yeah, both arms move. Oh. That's two separate points of articulation. And what language does he speak when you press the button? Spanish. <laughs> Says, Hoy, Ranger. <laughs> that, was, that was such a treat when we found that out. I genuinely thought I was doing something it's nice. Buzz Lightyear of Power Rangers. I was doing something nice for you. And you were like, you didn't know it's Spanish. That's why it's on Warehouse. Isn't that not what you got on Amazon Warehouse deals? Must <laughs> have kept him out. I know, yeah. yeah. He actually looks pretty cool. He's got to go somewhere. Yeah, it looks yeah, it's just cool. when you get up close. <laughs> anyway, say goodbye to the chill blades. This has gone on for over two hours, <coughs> and I'm tired of recording stuff that goes on for longer than two hours. Right? Okay, now. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. You can find out LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. You can also find him at uh, Wild Will's Hat. It's a very popular Twitter account. Very popular. Twitter followed account. by Six O and Few. And TF Universe Info. Exactly. I have no idea who any of those people are. And you could Fuse also find... Good. Fuse the guy who sold me the Megatron. Oh, yeah. And the Hot Rod. Yeah, and that box of stuff I bought. Maybe. Um, and you can also find him find him on YouTube's Mellow Gaming and also... Uh, what's your other channel that's still alive and not defunct? I mean, I've got a Transformers channel, but I haven't yeah. uploaded anything to it for months. And it's Bot Collection. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I've got a video to edit for that. And you can find me at Critapocalypse everywhere now. Can you? Everywhere. Yeah. Bebo? It's, yeah. Bebo. Got Bebo, MySpace, got MySpace, <laughs> Redface, Li- LinkedIn, <laughs> LinkedIn. I'm, I'm Critter, Apocalypse. No oh, LinkedIn. That's yeah. really professional. No Mister or Misses though. No. Gender fluid on that. G. G. Yeah. yeah. Um, J. G. Z. Facebook. Facebook Meetup, or whatever it is. Dating. What is the site they have on there? I don't fucking care. Who cares? Boris Johnson is a twat. He's, you know, we're going into lockdown again, aren't we, in January? Should, I, should we put money on it? Do you want to put a bet on whether or not we're going into lockdown? Yeah, I probably won't get paid. At least I've got universal credit, so. Oh, that is the most depressing thing I think we've ever said on this podcast. Mm. I won't get paid. Well, at least I've got universal credit. Anyway. Not if the Tories get their way out, remember? Yeah. 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 Well, at the very least, he's lied to the nation about having Christmas parties. Imagine if he got fired from a job for lying for a third time. Uh, how does he keep getting work? Uh, no one likes him. Nobody likes him in Parliament. I assure you that all the people in Parliament think he's a fucking I think joke. Rhys Mogg think, probably thinks he's great. Rhys Mogg is a dumb cunt. Yeah. Rhys Mogg is the dumbest cunt. He's like, I'm not fucking you. I don't know what you're talking about. 
Didn't your dad write a book that's actually about fucking people over? Yes, but that's all in the past. Didn't you also write a forward for that book saying that's how you made millions? Yes, but no. that's all, all in All that the past. pales in comparison to the fact he called one of his kids Sixtus. Oh, Fucking scum. Sis- Sixtus Pontiface. Yeah, scum of the earth. Mate. Anyway, can I say goodbye now? Bye. Oh, before you do, before you do, here's something interesting about Reese Mogg. He took out £6 million of loans against equity in his own companies, which is a move that a lot of people do in America when they're trying to keep their savings offshore and make sure they don't receive a dividend for their actual earnings when they work for a company. You can do it when you're rich. You can do what you want when you're rich. Burn the rich! Eat them alive! Take their money! It's their blood! Alright, anyway, I'm done. Bye! Bye, everyone. Bye, bye. I didn't sound too crazy.